and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. better than Van Halen to wake your butts up on a Monday morning because we need it. Monday mornings in the summertime. Well, Monday mornings anytime is uh, it's, it's a little depressing. We understand that, but uh, it's all good, man. It was a great weekend. It was uh, yesterday a little shaky, but today's a little rain. But after this, a heat wave, ladies and gentlemen, a heat wave. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, my partner, he's here, he's in the house. I understand you're having a little trouble, Sidney. How are you doing this morning? Well, more than a little trouble, Bernard. First of all, good morning on this Monday. I love you. I miss you. You're beautiful. But I've got what they call old man problems today. I'll make it very quick. I've got these uh, great phonoc lyric hearing aids, which you know about, of course. So uh, ordinarily what happens is uh, they last about two months, and I try to get back every month, month and a half, not to put myself in a precarious situation. Long story short, I'm having dinner last night with my beautiful wife, Danielle, and the kids, and my left hearing aid goes out. So now i got to switch seats, Bernie, with Danielle so she can speak into my right ear so I can hear her, but I was still fine. I called the doctor. She says, I'll see you Wednesday morning, and ordinarily I can go a day or two as long as one hearing aid works. I wake up this morning, Bernie, I'm buzzing my head, I hear nothing. I put the water on to shave, I hear nothing. I put the shower on, I hear nothing. I get in the car with Freddie, he's talking to me. I said, Freddie, make the music louder. He puts it on 10, I hear nothing. I've heard nothing no one has said all morning long except for the amplified voice that you've got right now because of my headphones. Otherwise, I'm completely 1,000%, I'm not kidding, deaf. Wow, that's, that's incredible. So that's, that's, that's actually your natural state then. You're, you're you're deaf. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's incredible. I mean, that wasn't the case before you got the uh, the ear, you know, the ear hearing aids. No, uh, what happened was when I went there, they they tested my hearing, and ten, of course, is perfect hearing. One is you're deaf, and at the time I was tested about two years ago, I was a four. Uh, I am pretty sure that four has deteriorated now to one or two, which means you're basically deaf. So. When I tell you I can't hear a word, I was in the studio right before the start of the show, and both Deb Valentine and Justin Ellick were on the air talking. Couldn't hear a word either one of them said, not one word. So you join the ranks of, uh, you're, you're an esteemed actor these days. You join the ranks of people like Marley Matlin, who uh, actually acts, and she's deaf and is celebrated for it. So <laughs> this is a, you, you're, you're actually handicapped. On the intersectionality scale, you have a handicap. You check a box, bro. You get uh, you get some special privileges because 
you are a handicapped uh, uh, dude, MFer, if I will, and, uh, and and that should be celebrated. And you've overcome that by acting and doing this radio show right now. As a matter of fact, you're performing while deaf yeah. on the radio. It is, it is on, and I was I was terrified. I texted Alec this morning. I said I hate to do this to Bernie at a ten after four this morning, but there's a ninety nine percent chance he's doing this show solo today because I can't hear. And but I still came in, and Justin said, "Listen, maybe the." The amplification of the headphones will work, and right now it is working. I hear you. You have gotten lower to me, believe it or not, in the last two minutes. So wow. I'm not sure I'll make it till 10 o'clock, but I am well, here, and uh, I will get to the doctor instead of Wednesday later on this afternoon. I'll take care of it before tomorrow, and I'm going to try to make it till 10 o'clock this morning. Well, let me just say, I don't want to make light of this. I, I just did make light of it, but I don't. It's a serious thing. I mean, are, are you kind of shocked, a stunned that you're this hard of hearing? I mean, prior to wearing these... As a, as I mentioned, these hearing aids, you could hear without them, but it was it was difficult. But you could. Right now, it's 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 nothing. It's 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 down to, I mean, you're flat out. Uh, you know, you're flat out hard of hearing. I mean, I, it, that that's a serious, scary thing. No, Bert, well, Bernie, Bernie, the one thing, if you ever go in that studio, and you probably remember this, it is as loud as it could possibly get on a oh, normal yeah. day. Oh yeah, the ten. Oh, and he oh, the volume oh, up. You don't have to tell me. I know. Well, Steve really? Summers had the same thing. Yeah, Summers. Well, it, it, it reminded me of Steve Summers how he could. Same hear thing. Listen, thing. it's been that way for years. Oh, for and years. For uh, years and years, we've talked oh about God. it in front of and behind his back. You know, because when he walks out, the headphones are on. And people are like, what is that? I can hear programming. That's Sid's headphones. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, you know. But since, he keeps them that loud? But yeah, since, he does. Since I got the hearing aids, now I just put the speaker in the studio up high. And a lot of times, when our show used to be live, for example, on TV, I took the headphones off because I looked better without them. And I was able to hear because of the speaker. But to answer your question quickly about how I feel about it, and this is the God's honest truth, when I started running the water this morning in the shower and I heard nothing, I literally had a panic attack. I had a panic attack. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm 55 years old. I'm tan. I'm muscular. I look great. Everybody tells me every day how great you look. I'm deaf. You're like, deaf. I'm deaf. Like, like, wow. like, I'm an old man deaf. So you, I started you, having a panic attack while I was shaving at 420 this morning, to hey, answer your question. But bro, listen, to be serious, it sucks. It really does. You're going to have to learn how to read lips now, <laughs> that, that type of thing. You, 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 actually, you could be hired by the Mets or the Yankees or something to uh, – <laughs> To find out what they're saying in the dugouts, you can still still stay in the sports world, but uh, it'll be a different t- type of uh, occupation for you going down the line. Well, it wouldn't be so horrible if I couldn't hear, I don't know, people, for example, like Joe Biden, Eric Adams, uh, right. Kathy Hochul, you know, uh, uh, Kamala you, Harris. You, if I you, couldn't hear these people, it wouldn't be all that. That's a blessing. Or when your wife gets mad. I mean, that's, right. that's <laughs> stuff like that. But... Uh, no, I hear you. It's a look at the bright side. You're right about that. Uh, it tunes all that the crap out. But uh, either way, thanks for coming in, bro. I appreciate course, that. No, of course. And, uh, and uh, you know, I love you, and I, I don't. I hope this is just a temporary thing. It's just the, the contrast. Maybe they were helping you so much that you lost your ability temporarily to hear, and that it will come back. Let's hope for that. Let's, let's, let's hope for that. Yeah, see, either way, I'll get there today. I, I usually see the same lady, Dr. Shelley Borgia. She's a sweetheart. And from day one, when Le- Leslie Slender made this deal, I've been seeing her almost for a year and a half now. She's out in the city until Wednesday. So today I'll have to see somebody else. But it's a very, very quick thing. They, they literally replace the, they take the two things out. They throw some alcohol in your ear, clean it out, put the two things in. It takes maybe 10 minutes. And I go from one on the hearing scale to 10. 
in less than 10 minutes. That'll be the case later on this afternoon. Wow. Great. The then you can come back in here and blast the volume at 20,000 decibels. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Can't yeah, wait. Well, you know, uh, the, the saving grace these days is that he's, he's there alone, you know, essentially. I mean, I used to be there. People would come in. As I, I mentioned before, not to repeat myself, people were like, wow, he puts those things on his ears? <laughs> That's unbelievable, yeah. and that's been going on for years, but years, you, years. You open that door, though, and it's like a, a sound. Yeah, well, that's the speakers. That, that's not my headphones. That's the speakers okay, I put up to 10. Up at 10. I know, too. no, listen, so bro. no wonder you're deaf as, you know. I'm well, deaf. Listen, aside from all that, uh, how was your, the weekend was okay out in, in Rockaway by the uh, beach? Let I mean, me tell you, it, it was a gorgeous weekend, and the, and the weekend, and I'll mention this again later when people wake up, but it started Friday, Bernie, when uh, Friday afternoon, I took my son Gabriel, made our way to Coney Island, where we had uh, hot dogs together at Nathan's. All, oh, yes. Right, you remember right, that? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, about 5.30 Friday afternoon, me and Gabe made our way to Maimonides Ballpark to the Wall of Remembrance, which, again, was built uh, after 9-11. It's the faces of every firefighter, cop, and first responder that died on 9-11, specifically from Brooklyn. So if you're from Manhattan or the Bronx, you're not on the wall. There's hundreds of these folks, and uh, Friday uh, marked the 13th anniversary when Sal Magdal actually built the wall. He built that wall back on uh, July 5th, so excuse me, the 20th anniversary. So they had their 13th annual Night of Heroes, and they, uh, Michael Davidson, you remember that name, Bernard? He was a really good-looking firefighter, and he was killed on a movie set a couple years ago. You remember that? I certainly do, yes. Uh, the uh, bu- building burned down in Harlem. Exactly right. So he was killed. So on this uh, night, Friday night, he was the, the firefighter that we honored. His wife, Eileen, his children could not make it. So a bunch of other firefighters, including Tommy Palumbo, whose father, Frank, died back on 9-11. He made it there. And then the Fossil family, the former great giant football coach that loved you and I, his son, John, who worked for the Dallas Cowboys, and his daughter, Jana, they showed up with all their kids, and they gave the Davidson family $10,000. And all this took place on the field before the game, and I ran those ceremonies. Then we had some ceremonial first pitches, including our dear friend, the great Congressman Peter King. He threw out a first pitch, and then me, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe took Peter and his lovely security detail lady, Melissa Zim, across the street to Gargiulo's for a great Italian dinner late into Friday night. How about that? Sounds like a, an, a, a great, wonderful Friday night. Amazing. Your son was there to witness it all. and uh, My son threw out a first pitch. He was one of the four ceremonial first pitches. Wow. Another memory etched in his brain for when he grows up that uh, you probably, it, it doesn't even, you know, you don't even realize these, these, these types of memories that he's, uh, you know, that he's accumulating in his brain about his dad and uh, what you mean to the city. And all these things. I mean, it just uh, throwing out the first pitch. I mean, it's an ama- incredible memory. So, <laughs> hey, listen, congratulations to you. That's Thank a great you. thing. And uh, that Thank was a you. great night. And all these people doing wonderful things for wonderful heroes. So that was Friday night. But, uh, I mean, what, what you know, I mentioned the beach in particular because these things made national news. And, and I'm talking about Long Island under siege from sharks. I mean, when I say Long Island, I include uh, where you live as well because – uh, Rockaway and Brooklyn are part of Long Island, believe it or not. Yeah, but we haven't had – and actually, I brought this up in our conversation days ago with Bill O'Reilly. I kind of joked. I said, stay out of the water. But the truth is, there's not been one shark attack in Queens. They're close, but they've all been on your area in Long Island. Well, let me just tell you, as the crow flies, 
Uh, my area in Long Island is like seven, eight miles from you, so don't yeah. get too don't get too complacent there, bro. <laughs> and let me just say this uh, to your point that there have been no uh, shark attacks or shark sightings in your area. Listen to the reporter from Channel Seven. Her name is Lucy Yang. I think on uh, I think what the hell is that show? Uh, that, that animated show, very very popular uh, animated show on Channel Five. Oh, uh, The Simpsons. No, close. Not the Simpsons. Oh, but the dad show? Uh, no, nah, uh, no, nah, the other one with uh, Seth MacFarlane show. What the hell is oh, oh, yeah, with uh, uh, the little kid who keeps screaming, ma, 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 ma. Oh, a family guy. Family guy. Family guy Thank has. They, Stewie. What, Stewie. They, they, they have what they call the, a, the female Asian reporter. That's the way they characterize uh, an Asian reporter. They, they make fun of the fact that there's all kinds of female Asian reporters. Well, anyway, Channel 7's female Asian reporter, Lucy Yang, Listen to her talk about these sharks swarming Long Island and get ready for this. Play Lucy Yang. Cut number 12, please, Lil. Patrols were a common sight at local beaches as red flags were raised and swimmers called out of the water for several hours Sunday afternoon. This after sharks were spotted at Rockaway Beach and Lido Beach. Despite a rash of recent attacks where jaws have left their bite marks, the town of Hempstead is now assuring beach lovers they are watching the waves closely. According to officials, there have been more shark sightings these last two years than in the last decade and the sharks are moving closer to shore dude did you hear what she said yep rockaway and she singled out your town <laughs> she singled out where you live and where i live and that's it how do you like that what are the odds where you live and where i live that's and funny. that's that that is funny that's and, hilarious and i guess the specific shark that has been doing all the damage because uh, according to the reports i saw last week they they swim very close to the shore are tiger sharks yes and they're very aggressive and and uh, the reason for uh, the long island and i don't want to be too harsh with the jersey shore but uh, the, the water uh, the waters around on long island are clean they're warm and they're attracting uh, bait fish for these tiger sharks and that's why they're coming in so close because the bait fish are there so look at it this way even the sharks don't want to go to the jersey shore i mean <laughs> with the hypodermic needles the diapers the soda cans washing up on the shore obnoxious smelly people like snooky and all the rest the, the sharks are like we don't need this let's go to the beautiful oh, pristine God. long island beaches hey. and uh, that's where they've been all the way out to uh, the hamptons out to montauk you know, Lido Beach, Jones Beach, Fire Island, uh, Long Beach, and now Rockaway Beach. <laughs> yeah. You know, every time you do this, my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, blows up with Jersey people who listen to us by the thousands who get furious with you when you do this. I know. So, uh, But I think you do it just because of that. It's actually cute. That's by the way, the show has an Instagram account, too, at It's Bernie and Sid, at It's Bernie and Sid, and the radio station does as well, at 77 WABC Radio. But I think yeah, you're kind of joking about the Jersey Shore, not really. Well, there are a lot of beautiful places, Mantelokan, uh, 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 there's a Long Beach Island, I believe, in Jersey. Yeah, there is. Uh, these, those places are beautiful, but there are other places, not so much, and the, and the sharks, they can't decipher uh, the difference, and they just stay the hell away. And they come by, they come by <laughs> your or my house, and, uh, and it was, uh, you know, they were closing the damn beaches all week and closing them, open them, closing them, open them, because of stupid lifeguards, uh, you know. They see a fin, and a lot of times the fins are dolphins, but uh, 
Listen to this guy. A cut 23, some lifeguard who claims he got attacked. Take a listen to this guy. Go ahead, Lou. And uh, all of a sudden, I feel a sharp pain and pressure in my hand. So I, I kind of like pull it in and realize something's attached to it. So uh, I, I kind of get into, you know, self-defense and survival mode. And I just start hammer punching. Where uh, are you hitting the shark? I'm hitting the shark, I think, in the head. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm feeling rubber. Um, you know, I connected with it three times. And uh, on the third time, the whole shark flipped its body, tail whipped me in the chest, Oof. and swam away. Now, that's uh, uh, one of the lifeguards. Uh, I believe that guy was from Jones Beach, that lifeguard there. But uh, I, I, I'm a little cynical sometimes. That guy looked like he, he was 35 years old. By that time, you shouldn't be a lifeguard. By that time, you should have moved on to some other sort of profession. Uh, so uh, my my thought is, are these do these guys make this stuff up? Some of them, so they they can get on the news. That's what I'm. Uh, uh, that's what I'm kind of wondering. Yeah, you know, listen, I think people definitely do do that. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I would do it. Now we've I've got all the exposure I, I need. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. That's hilarious, bro. That's funny right there. So anyway. Uh, that's the uh, lifeguard. That's the, the Long Island uh, shark situation, and it's, it was m- national news all weekend long. They have Fox News had a, uh, a reporter, a perched right here on Lido Beach, so all day long Saturday and Sunday. Let's go to Lido Beach and check out the situation. That's all national national news uh, we're being uh, that we're making out here, and and also it's highlighting the beauty of our shores here. So uh, it's like a, a chamber of commerce. Ed, in a way, except for the, you know, that one little thing that the sharks might kill you if you go in the damn water. <laughs> uh, so just lastly here in this segment, uh, I will say there's going to be a heat wave this week. No joke. Big time heat wave uh, really st- starting in earnest tomorrow. It's going to last a bunch of days. And we talked last week about how smelly the streets of Manhattan are. And uh, you mentioned the uh, ass and uh, I like to say, you know, the streets smell like uh, Rosie O'Donnell's ass in August. Oh, God. And uh, that's what we're looking at right there. So the, the smells of the city were the topic of conversation last Thursday and Friday and a lot of the local news. And Eric Adams, Eric Adams said this. The mayor of New York City said this about the stench, the stench-laden streets of Manhattan. Uh, play that clip, Lou. It's, uh, I think you know what it is. I got it. I got okay, it. go ahead. Play it. Folks see our investment in, in uh, sanitation. The city has to be clean. And I'm seeing the city getting cleaner and cleaner. The number one thing I smell right now is pot. It's like everybody is smoking a joint now. You know? Maybe I have a New York nose. <laughs> no. that, you know, I'm not smelling uh, filth. You know, uh, that's what I'm smelling is pot. He's such a moron. Yeah, well, wait, you, you ain't out on the real streets, bro. That's why. You, you're, 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 you know, you're flitting around in your limo between clubs and... Uh, you know, uh, where the mics are set up at uh, some tragic event. You're not out in the streets. That, that's why. So, yeah, he smells weed, and he thinks it's funny, too. It's not a joke, man. You, the, 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 again, the stench is disgusting. It's revolting on the uh, streets of New York City. you got to get that thing fixed. I mean, don't you think, and look, I'm all for legalizing weed. Again, I hope my wife, Danielle, makes a ton of money doing those contracts. I'm, I'm all for legalizing everything. Uh, believe it or not, prostitution, gambling, Bro, weed. Me, me too. Right. I'm, a li- I'm a libertarian like that. Right, but don't you think the mayor, again, we both want to legalize it, but don't you think the mayor constantly bringing up weed, whether it's uh, the smell of the city, being a guest on Colbert's show, you don't find that to be really, really embarrassing? Yeah, it's really frivolous is what it is. That's not a leader. These these are serious topics. 
Uh, weed is a serious topic. I'm for legalizing, not glamorizing it and pushing it on people because, uh, you know, again, there are kids watching and, uh, you know, they, 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 they take their cues from the adults. And if we're talking about weed in a funny way, I mean, weed damages kids. It holds them back. Once they start, if you start weed at 14, you're done. You ain't making nothing in life. You ain't going anywhere. You don't, I mean, you need every single advantage, and one of them is a clear head in this jungle of a world that we have out there. So that's why, yeah, I don't like it at all when, they frivolously, uh, when he frivolously talks about weed, as he does all the time, as he did right there. Anyway, that's uh, Eric Adams. Those are the sharks, the, the, the heat wave, the stench, and uh, Sid's uh, unfortunate uh, handicap. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. My poor, my poor partner. I feel bad. Thank you. Uh, so, anyway, that, uh, <laughs> there's a lot more show, ladies and gentlemen. i got so much. Sid has so much. Uh, keep it where it is. We'll speak to Rich Lowry this morning. We're going to speak to a guy at se- uh, in the 7 o'clock hour also. Uh, tell us about this guy, Sid, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, we've got uh, Michael Henry. He's a great young guy, Bernard. Actually, I did his podcast about a year and a half ago, and he's running for um, AG against Letitia James, who's a right. horrible person. And he has been given the nod by the Republicans, so he's the choice for the Republicans, much like Lee Zeldin was. So Michael Henry joins us at 7, which Larry, as you pointed out, will join us at 7.40. And the great comedian who's got a book out with the same exact publisher that I do, Anthony's Cardi, Postal Press, slash Simon & Schuster, Adam Carolla. He's going to stop by at 8.40. So three great guests coming up this morning. That is huge on the Bernie and Sid Show. And, of course, uh, Sydney and myself. And, by the way, folks, it's all free. 77 WABC app. We're coming right back. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. favorite 90s groups, along with Nirvana and Pearl Jam and a host of others. 628 on uh, your rainy Monday morning. We're going to get the... Uh, how did it sound? It sounds great. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get a lot of sunshine, and as Bernie pointed out a couple of times in the opening segment, a serious heat wave, I believe Wednesday, close to 96 degrees. So uh, get ready, folks. That's what the summer's all about. Uh, and as Bernie also pointed out, we started today's show, I am 1,000% legally deaf at this point, and only because these micro, these uh, headsets are amplified to uh, as high as they can go, 10, can I hear anything? And uh, Bernie just sent me the cutest text. He's like, man, I, I feel really bad for you. It must be scary. And I, I, I had a panic attack. I cried this morning. It was so still that it was eerie. Again, when I put the water on, the shower on, I buzz my head. It's usually really loud. I couldn't hear a thing. And what's funny was... You know, I set my alarm every morning for about 3.30. And about 3.31, my phone kept blinking and buzzing and blinking and buzzing in bed. 
and I never want to wake up Danielle, so I jump up and I get all freaked out. And it didn't occur to me. My alarm had been going off the whole time, but I couldn't hear it. So, you know, listen. Wow, uh, hey, listen, wow, I, wow, wow. I know. So, like, you know, I think, you know, we take stuff for granted. You know, I, I said to Justin this morning, I said, I'm not sure if it's uh, tougher being blind or deaf because I'm deaf this morning. And he said, I think it's tougher being blind. But either oh, way, yeah. people who go through this type of stuff every day, people in wheelchairs who, you know, who are injured in battle, lost an arm, lost a leg. I mean, not comparing this to that necessarily, but we are so lucky when you think about it to, to have all of all the things we need to do to get by every day, because when you don't, man, it becomes really scary. God almighty, it's uh, exponentially worse to be blind, in my humble opinion. But, uh, yeah, we take the things you take for granted, and uh, I, I can testify to that, ha- having, uh, you know, had, well, I hate to say it, I hate to utter the words, having had cancer here for the last eight months. Yeah. Uh, the things you take for granted, I look out my window, and I see uh, dudes uh, and people on their bikes headed for the boardwalk, and I can't get on. The, I can't get on a bike, and uh, that's something I took for granted for years. Of mm-hmm. course, I, I used to do it, loved it, and uh, couldn't do it over the weekend, and uh, you know, really pissed me off. But uh, that's part of the the fight. But uh, yeah, you take all kinds of things for granted, and you're hearing, of, of course, is one of them: standing up straight, being able to walk, yep. see, touch, all these things. Your health. You take for granted, and you never should. No, you're right, and, and I hate comparing my situation to yours because I'm going to go to a doctor today. They're going to put in new hearing aids, and I'm going to hear fine later on this afternoon. You have proven to be the most courageous man in the history of radio, sounding great, doing great, showing up day in and day out. So I don't want to compare our two situations, but I did think about you yesterday when I was in the gym because I know how much you love to go to the gym and uh, I don't know if you go now, if you don't go now, I don't know. I try not to ask too many questions, but I did think about that, Bernard, yesterday afternoon, how your life has changed at least a little. Do you even go to the gym anymore or not really? I went uh, two times in the past month, and it was pathetic. I mean, I didn't really, you know, I, I used some some of the old man machines. I went up, you know, to where the men go and the tough, tough girls, uh, and I did some stuff. But it was just pathetic. But the idea, it was a psychological uh, sure. boost for me sure. that I was in there walking around and doing some things. Uh, so, I, so yes, twice, but, again, a pathetic workout. I didn't really have to go. I have, I have dumbbells in my house if I want to do that. So, no, I don't go on a regular basis, and I miss the hell out of it. Yeah, no, I know you, you were into it in a big, big way and always kept yourself in great I'm, I'm sure you're still in great shape, but uh, that was something that uh, both of us, both of us uh, made sure we did for the better part of 20-plus uh, years together. One quick uh, talk about athletics and keeping in shape. We are at the baseball all-star break now. There is no uh, baseball tonight outside of the home run hitting contest. Our local guy, Pete Alonzo, for the Mets, trying to win his third consecutive home run derby out in Los Angeles tonight Tomorrow night is the All-Star Game. The American League has won eight consecutive All-Star Games, and both the Mets and Yankees go to the halfway point of this season in first place. The Yankees by a very comfortable margin. The Mets two-and-a-half over Atlanta should make for a very exciting second half of Major League Baseball. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, I watched it over the weekend. Uh, of course, Mets. Uh, yeah, very, very exciting uh, that he's going to be doing that. And he's a great guy, this, uh, this Alonso. He really is a good guy. The polar bear, they call him, and uh, yeah, the, the 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 all-star break should be fun. I, I mean, I think all the players should participate in it. Some of these, uh, you know, curmudgeons, I would call them prima donnas, are like Aaron Judge is not uh, participating. I think he should. It's fun. Give back to the fans. Come on and show what you got. You got a lot. I mean, you're hitting home runs all the time. 
But anyway, that's this weekend, and uh, we are going to uh, we're going to watch that and try to enjoy it. But right now, it's time for the seventy-seven WABC clip of the day. Listen to the Cats Roundtable with John Katzmatidis every Sunday morning, starting at eight, telling both sides of the story. Here, John talks to Sebastian Gorka. What he's doing with not opening up North American crude oil is horrible for a president of the United States. Let's talk about the borders. Well, how we are allowing all these people to come across the borders and then take them and transfer them to other parts of the country. So who knows where they're going? What say you? Well, I know where they're going. They get to go wherever they want. I mean, this is the absolute absurdity. They, they are asked by the DHS agents who are now babysitters, where do you want a plane ticket to? They are given a taxpayer-funded cell phone and a plane ticket to wherever they want to go. This is Sid on Sports. (laughs) Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. I couldn't hear a damn thing just now. I said to Lou, I go, is that today's traffic? He goes, no, it's Friday's traffic. And I believe them. I don't know. Which is the same as today's (laughs) I know it's the same everything anyway. You're right. Which, by the way, is almost a case with the Yankees. Oh, man, they won big on Saturday. They came back and won big again yesterday. Blew out the Boston Red Sox to end the first half of the season. 13-2, your final score. Big effort by Yankee ace and all-star Garrett Cole. He earned his ninth win of the year. He's now 9-2. He struck out 12 along the way. And the Yankees provided plenty of offense, including Joey Gallo with a big home run. First at bat. High drive, right field. There it goes. See ya. Oh, did he need that. A two-run home run for Gallo. 13-2 Yanks. 13-2 Yankees. Matt Carpenter, another big day. Believe it or not, three more RBIs for the former Cardinal. And again, the Yankees win this one going away. 13-2, your final score. The Yankees now have a 13-game lead over the second-place Tampa Bay Rays, 36 games over 500. The Mets not as good. They lost late to the Cubbies, 3-2 in their effort. They still go into the All-Star break, two-and-a-half better than the second-place Atlanta Braves. And Pete Alonso will represent the National League in tonight's home run hitting contest. By the way, the Yankees are back on Thursday against Houston, then a three-game set against the Orioles. The Mets come back on Friday. They'll host the San Diego Padres. And the British Open is over, and it's a Scott. Cameron Smith, who goes on to win it, came back to beat Rory McIlroy to get the win. McIlroy, by the way, here's a stat from Macedonia, Phil. 17 major top 10 since 2015. He hasn't won any of them. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Comedian extraordinaire Adam Carolla comes your way at 840 with sports. I'm Sid. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere, ladies and gentlemen, on that 77 WABC app. Download it. I actually downloaded, not downloaded, I used the uh, 77 WABC app one night over the weekend at 4 o'clock in the morning. 4 o'clock in the morning. I'll tell you about that another time and the reason why I did. But uh, it came in very, very handy. And so download the app. It's free. It takes you 90 seconds. you got a lot of entertaining stuff. Uh, I mentioned before the lineup is just terrific, including that knucklehead Greg Kelly and, uh, you know, just everybody. Cats at, cats at night at 5 o'clock. So, anyway, also simulcast out on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. But uh, speaking of uh, what I doubt, what I – what I listened to on the app of, at four o'clock in the morning was Curtis Lewa. It was my, it was, and he's terrific. Curtis is just absolutely terrific. What a great radio talent. And he just, uh, he did something that I'll talk about another time. The guy is just terrific. But either way, uh, Sydney, you remember on uh, Friday and, uh, you had Curtis on for this very reason. Uh, we just badgered him. He, you got to talk to Anthony Weiner yeah. about Bradley Cooper and Huma Aberdeen. Yeah. And he was reluctant to do it. I don't know why, but he was. And uh, he shouldn't have been. But guess what? He did. Oh, he did it all right. He sent the audio out right away. He knew, even Friday late afternoon, he sent you and I a text. He said the pressure was on. So he thought about it all day Thursday, all day Friday. He knew he had to come up big on Saturday. And uh, to Curtis's credit, there's a reason why he's a legend. I was described as a legend this morning. He's really a legend. He came up big. He came up huge. And... uh, I, th- I think you and I could take some uh, responsibility slash some. credit. It's all us. He never would have uh, done it. Never. I, I, I just want to point that out. Yes. I just want to point that out. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, Cut 28. This is uh, Curtis from the – well, he, they co-host the show. Do, do uh, Curtis Lee and Anthony Weiner at 3 o'clock on Saturdays on 77 WABC. And Curtis came through. He talked. He bad- badgered, goaded uh, Anthony Weiner on the Bradley Cooper who is dating – uh, you you want to say banging? I say dating uh, Huma Abedin, uh, which is uh, Anthony Weiner's wife and Hillary Clinton's aide de camp, if you will. A cut number twenty eight. Curtis and Anthony Weiner. Go ahead, Lou. So now um, I was looking at uh, Thursday's New York Post. What? What? You really? You're going to do this? I, what, I'm going over all our notes about our show notes. Doesn't anything about this this subject? Yeah, Hold yeah, but you got to understand the pressure was put on me by Sid and Bernie. And they promised me a full-page head in the New York Post if I popped the question to you because you've been avoiding Uh-oh. page six. Although you didn't avoid the front page of the New York Post, there was your former wife, Uma, on one side, Bradley Cooper on the other side. And you were peering over his shoulder. I, I mean, I, I love her dearly, and I want her to be happy, and I'm happy if she's happy. And, and her successes, are, I feel, are just are, are so well-earned. And she's such an amazing woman that he, enough good things can't happen to her. So now... We got that out of the way, Sid and Bernie. I know they were probably listening along with all their sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys. Anthony stepped up to the plate, dealt with it. So there you have it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and believe it or not, that as you point out, Sid, that made the New York Post immediately while he was still on the air. So people were tuned in listening as we suspected they would be. I, I'd love to see the ratings for that show. And, again, I, I, Curtis is a very keen radio guy. 
and I hope he would have gone there anyway, but we did it. We, we brought it out. We, we got him to say it, and you're right. It hit the post right away. The ratings had to be great, and Anthony had a very, very nice answer, and I think he meant it. I think he does love her. I think even though he did some horrible, horrible things, which he's the first to admit to, it doesn't mean he doesn't love his wife. So it, uh, it went well. Both guys uh, did what they had to do, and in the end, it was all because of Sid Rosenberg and Bernard McGurk. It certainly was, uh, Sid, and it was your idea to have him in, so even more credit to you, my friend. Oh, thank you, brother. And partner, but uh, so that was good. good. Good on Curtis. We'll talk to him at some point in the future about it. Uh, it's all, all, all's well that ends well, and uh, Bradley and Nahuma are happy. God bless. Now, one miserable individual, his name is Joe Biden. He is out. He was out in Saudi Arabia. He's back. And uh, it just was a total disaster from start to finish. I mean, the minute he got off the plane, he, he didn't know what the red carpet was for. You're supposed to walk down the red carpet. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And uh, he, was, uh, he was talking about the truth and honor of the Holocaust. The truth and honor of the Holocaust. He wasn't on Israeli soil not 10 minutes, and he made that remark, which was gross. But his whole reason for going to uh, the Middle East was eventually to uh, meet up with uh, the Saudis and uh, this guy, MBS, Mohammed bin whatever the hell, crown prince, and ask, beg these people to pump out more oil uh, so he can get prices down. And that was the, uh, that was the really the essential sole reason. And what is he doing in that process? He could have gone to Texas. He could have gone to North Dakota, Wyoming, and just said, hey, can you guys pump out some more? He could make it happen here in the United States. And what would he do? He would put a bunch of American energy workers to work back to work who were laid off because of him. And can, could you imagine these guys who are out there right now driving Ubers to try to make ends meet because he just unceremoniously cut them off, cut the energy sector off, and these guys, tens of thousands of these energy workers lost their jobs. And now he's going overseas to ask uh, the Saudis to uh, pump out a bunch of oil and uh, it, it's just a, a slap in the face to the United States and a slap in the face to these workers. And it makes no sense whatsoever, absolutely no sense whatsoever. So this is Joe Biden on uh, Friday. Uh, cut number four, Biden talks about what, what they discussed. Go ahead, please. We had a good discussion on ensuring global energy security and adequate oil supplies to support global economic growth. And that will begin shortly. I'm, and, uh, and I'm doing all I can to increase the supply for the United States of America, which I expect to happen. The Saudis share that urgency. And based on our discussions today, I expect we'll see further steps in the coming weeks. Uh, they don't share that urgency, stupid. But anyway, he says they talked oil production. But the Saudi foreign minister, the Saudi foreign minister, uh, you know, wearing all the headgear, the garb, the robes and all that, Cut number five. He said this about what they discussed. Cut five. So oil production specifically wasn't discussed at this summit. I know it wasn't really a subject uh, for this summit. Uh, ha, ha, ha. So they didn't discuss oil production, according to the Saudi foreign minister. Who to believe? I don't know. They're both liars. Uh, they're, they're both untrustworthy. But this whole thing about uh, the, the guy killing Khashoggi, the MBS, the crown prince, I'll get into that more in a second. It's just uh, I don't care about this guy. I don't care about what the Saudis do. And uh, we should be talking to the Saudis. Uh, Trump talked to the Saudis. The reason why, why is it okay to talk to the Iranians 
and not okay to talk to the Saudis. What, what the hell is the difference? They're all untrustworthy uh, cutthroats is what they are, and we do talk to the Iranians, so we should talk to the uh, Saudis, and, and, and Donald Trump did. Trump talked to the Saudis and, he, uh, and the other Gulf states. They're all Sunnis, and they're all aligned just like Israel. They hate uh, Iran, and th that's their mortal enemy. Iran is threatening the whole region, uh, A, because the Israelis are Jewish, and B, because the Gulf states, including Saudi Arabia, are all Sunnis, and they're, they're a dangerous threat with their nukes and all that stuff. But uh, 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 Mohammed bin whatever his, the hell his name is, the crown prince, he said this uh, also on Friday. Cut number six, please, Lou. The kingdom will play its role in this era as it announced to increase the level of maximum sustainable production capacity to more than 13 million barrels. Beyond that, the kingdom will not have any further production capacity. So that's it. They're going to pump out 13 million uh, extra barrels, and that's it. So uh, Biden was humiliated. He didn't get what he wanted. And that's good, too, because they, they, I, I didn't want him to get what he wanted, because not because I want America to, to uh, fail under his uh, tutelage. It's because I want America to succeed. He'll face more pressure to pump oil right here, as he should, and get us uh, back to energy independence and get these energy workers back to work. Not that he's going to do it, but he'll face that pressure in any case. More on that in a minute. Uh, while while uh, Joe Biden was there, while he was there, the Palestinian Authority, that's what the, uh, the Palestinian the, 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 the government, if you will, in, the, in Israel, in Israel itself, not the West Bank, not Gaza, in Israel itself, they call themselves the Palestinian Authority. They have an honor guard. And they, uh, Joe Biden met with them, the, uh, the heads of the Palestinian Authority. And while he did, their honor guard played the national anthem at the beginning of the meeting. And just check this out. It sounded like, uh, well, I heard one person say it sounded like the Little Rascals. It sounded like any high school band from the fifth grade. Did they, they botched the national anthem intentionally? A cut number eight. Go ahead, please, Lou. Here we go. Check this out. terrible i remember going to my kids performances when uh, my son played the uh, he played the bugle the, uh, not the bugle excuse me the trumpet and the clarinet and uh it, it was just awful uh, i mean it wasn't awful but that particular performance there was no better than uh, grammar school performance and again the question is did they do it intentionally of course uh, joe biden was extorted by the saudis to, and you don't hear this talked about much to give the Palestinians over $300 million just for the honor of meeting with the crown prince. And, of course, he did. He gave up three, another $300 million of money we don't have.
The whole thing is a disaster all around. And uh, could you hear that uh, with your hearing, Sid? Uh, was that as horrible as I, I thought it was initially? It, it, it was bad. Uh, it, it was completely off tune uh, in the middle of the song, completely off tune. And, um, you know, I just I, I can't imagine that a band, a singer doesn't know the song. So when you say they may have done it on purpose, it sounds hugely conspiratorial. But I have to tell you, it, it makes sense because how do you screw up that song? How do you do it? Really, I mean, it's 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 like fundamental, you know. It's it's it's, it's band uh, one hundred and one in the seventh grade, or in the fourth grade, for, for God's sake. So anyway, that was uh, that was that moment there. Now, for uh, domestic politics, Bernie Sanders, he doesn't want anybody pumping any oil anywhere, even if it's the Saudis and their dirty oil. And by the way, if you're a climate change activist like Joe Biden claims to be. He doesn't want to pump oil in the United States because it's it's bad for the environment, the planet. What makes him think that the Saudis pumping oil is any cleaner or is any better for the planet? It makes no sense. The logic doesn't apply. There's no logic here whatsoever. So keep that in mind. As to, I mean, So he goes all the way over there to beg them to do what they don't want to do here because it hurts the planet. Well, they're going to hurt the planet from over there. Might as well do it here and get our workers to work. Anyway, he doesn't think that way because he, he fundamentally is afraid of these climate zealots. Um, so Bernie Sanders said this about uh, uh, about Biden's trip to the Middle East to meet the Saudis and Crown Prince in particular. Cut number nine, please, Lou. You have a, a leader of that country uh, who was involved in the murder of a Washington Post journalist. Uh, I don't think that that type of government should be rewarded with a visit by the president of the United States. Yeah, but, uh, well... Screw you. He went over there. Uh, they still have to do business. I don't believe he should be asking them to pump oil. But when Donald Trump went over there, I'm sure uh, Sanders thought the same thing. All they did about Khashoggi, Khashoggi, keep in mind, was a friend of Osama bin Laden and a 9-11 uh, apologist. So I don't give a rat's ass about him. And uh, Donald Trump sat down with O'Reilly in 2017 during the Super Bowl, and Khashoggi came up. Uh, cut number seven, and this is what Trump said in response to uh, the Saudis killing Khashoggi in the Turkish embassy. Cut seven, please, Lou. You got a lot of killers. Why, well, you think our country's so innocent? You think our country's so innocent? I don't know of any government leaders that are killers in America. Well, take a look at what we've done, too. We've made a lot of mistakes. Made a lot of mistakes, and he's right. I mean, that's what countries do. We have the CIA doing this, that, the other, uh, killing people, as we should. And they did that, and we don't care. We're going to deal with them anyway because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Again, this time the enemy is Iran. Finally, lastly, uh, just uh, on a lighter note, there's this comedian. His name is Daniel Tosh, and he's on the Comedy Central. And he did this bit called Is It Racist? where he has the audience screaming that out and interspersed with the clips of, well, in this case, some uh, Biden and uh, Jill Biden racism. Uh, listen to this. This is funny. Cut number 18. Go ahead, Lou. It's time for Is It Racist? We already have a mayor. We don't need any more big shots. Is It Racist? Is It Racist? Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Is It Racist? If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. The reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some 
black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, is it racist? Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. So there you have it. Uh, I, I thought that was amusing. <laughs> oh, and he went on and on, believe it or not. Uh, is it racist indeed on the Bernie and Sid show? Again, a great lineup here this morning. Uh, we're going to speak to Rich Lowry uh, in the next hour. And then after that, we have, uh, well, not before that, we have this uh, gentleman. Who is it again, Sid? His name is Michael Henry. He's a great kid out of Queens running for attorney general. One of those Republicans, Bernard, like Robert Cornicelli, like Tina Forte, like a host of others, right. lesser known with a, a difficult path to victory, Joe Pinion, who we need to win. Michael Henry running for attorney general coming up at 7. And, of course, the great comedian Adam Carolla comes our way at 8.40. Keep it where it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're coming right back. Do it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oasis, don't go away as we start hour number two of the Bernie and Sid show on this Monday morning, 7.06, in a cloudy, rainy, really depressing New York City. You know, before we get to uh, to my friend Mike here, Bernie, 7 o'clock is a uh, big time for television. Top of the hour, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. So out of the corner of my eye, we've got CNN on. And I will tell you that since 7, so it's now 7 minutes old, all they're doing is going on and on about how there were 400 police on the site in Uvalde that clearly screwed up. They wanted to confront the gunman. They didn't do it. Now reports say some may have survived. They don't know that, by the way. They have no idea if that's the case. So it continues even today. I don't know how long ago now this shooting was where 19 kids were massacred. It was really, really horrible. Two teachers as well. Uh, It feels like Lydia covered this for like two weeks. And even today now, again, 400 officers were there. They didn't get the job done. It's almost like CNN is giddy because they have a chance to take out a, a little town's police department, something they love to do. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, this is uh, this is something they revel in. It is being covered on Fox News, I have to tell you. Uh, you know, it's, uh, they held a big, big, huge press conference yesterday, and uh, Fox broke into their news 
to cover the press conference. And a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of cops, a lot of police officers are pissed off about this whole thing, too. So I guess they have to cover it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're right, CNN goes way over the top because it fits their narrative that cops, all cops are bad. They're not heroic. They're not, uh, and, of course, that's, that's the opposite. I mean, you have exceptions, and this is a major exception. Very sad, very sad story. But, uh, yes, CNN no doubt will revel in anything that's anti-cop. Yeah. Good cash. And right now we need cops more than ever, especially in this city. And that's where our next guest is uh, such an important guy, Bernard. He actually uh, had a podcast, which I was on uh, sometime last year with a young lady named Krisha Lenzo. His name is Michael Henry. He's uh, out of Astoria, Queens. He owns a law firm in Manhattan. He's running for attorney general against that louse Letitia James, who I can't stand. You talk about a gender-driven racist nonsense. That's Letitia. Michael Henry, the complete antithesis of that, making his debut. A guy the Republican Party handpicked to get the job done in that role. Michael Henry. Michael, Sid, Bernie, welcome to the show. How are you, pal? Hello, Michael. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. No, listen, uh, it's nice to have you again. I, I enjoyed being on your podcast uh, last year before <laughs> you, you actually uh, got this uh this nomination from the Republican Party. It's a very, very big deal. And look, Michael, you know, we talked about this. There's some Republicans out there we'd love to see win. Robert Cornicelli's, Tina Forte's, Joe Pinion's. Uh, we just don't know if there's really a pathway to victory going up against some of the real established politicians like Chuck Schumer, in your case, Letitia James. So in your honest opinion, Michael Henry, as impressive as you are, is there a realistic pathway to victory for you? Yeah, I mean, look, this is my first time running for office, and I, I, you know, I'm happy in my private practice, but I saw a pathway. Uh, the first thing is Andrew Cuomo's gone, so places like Nassau County, Staten Island are going to come back to the Republicans. And then the question is, we know everything pretty much north of the Hudson Valley is going to be red. So where do you find the extra votes? You find these extra votes in places like Middle Village, Throgs Neck, Brighton Beach, Northeast Queens, Howard Beach. You know, you find them with the Russian-Ukrainian community. You find them with the Orthodox community. You find them with the Asian community. You find them with the Albanian-American communities, Latinos, people that are just fed up with crime because crime transcends party affiliation. And then you also find those moderate to conservative Democrats who, you know, they're registered Democrat. They might vote Republican for a president. And quite frankly, they're just as fed up with crime, economics, and the failing educational system as the people on our side are. But I think it's very important that you have to be able to find those votes in the outer boroughs of New York City and the suburbs. And that's how you get there. The pathway is there. We just have zero margin for error, quite frankly. Absolutely. Michael Henry running for attorney general against the horrific uh, James. And Sid's right. She's a racist. She, she, you hear her screeching down in uh, Union Square Park during the the uh, anti overturning of Roe v. Wade protest, and she's screaming. Uh, she's proud of having an abortion, uh, uh, lying to the the public, of uh, uh, pretending that New York State won't have won't have the ability. Women in New York State won't have the ability to get an abortion, which is a complete and total lie. And then also, right. she's spending all her time persecuting the Trumps. I mean, with the, all these swampy corruption going on up in Albany, she's worried about Donald Trump's tax taxes, which uh, Cy Vance uh, tried to, to get uh, Trump on and couldn't. So she's wasting the taxpayers' time, Michael Henry. And we, we need you, Michael Henry, and I keep saying your name because name recognition. We need Michael Henry to call her out on all these things and get Michael Henry right. 
in the office of attorney general. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, so this is a pattern with her, right? She 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 holds she holds these political press conferences. She sues the NRA, calls them a terrorist organization. The case gets dismissed. She sues Amazon. The case gets this, the case gets, case gets tossed. She she says Andrew Cuomo forcibly touched, groped, and kissed eleven brave women, including a state trooper assigned to protect him. And his case, and then she doesn't issue criminal referrals. She files her ethical disclosure three months late. She was the number one recipient of money from Jerry Migdal, the man at the center of the pay-to-play scandal, and Bobby Brian Benjamin. And she has been the most ineffective, I call her the attorney grandstander, because she does absolutely nothing but promote her career, and all this grandstanding she did led her to a run for governor that lasted about as long as this interview with you guys is going to last. <laughs> True. About five minutes, uh, Michael Henry running for AG. And look, you know, we talk about the cops and... The cops, uh, their hands are tied because they arrest these folks. They get out in 15 minutes. It's got to be very disheartening for them, putting their lives on the line for no reason. And that's because the judges are no good. The DAs are no good. The AGs are no good. And talking about DAs, what an embarrassing uh, story that Jose Alba story became, Michael Henry. And more than embarrassing, what, what a real Shonda for Jose Alba, who did nothing more than protect his own business as a true American hero. Right. I, look, this is the problem. This man comes here 30 years ago from the Dominican Republic, becomes a citizen 14 years ago. He's trying to feed his family. He sits there. He, he follows the law. I mean, this sends a chilling precedent because what you have now is people that are going to be afraid to defend themselves because they think they're going to be charged with a crime. He didn't want a confrontation. He retreated. He was cornered and attacked by a younger man who's an ex-con. He gets stabbed in the process. They don't even treat this man before they put him in jail, so he gets an infection. Everybody on the news saw what happened, okay? And the fact that they didn't charge the girlfriend for cutting him when she was defending an aggressor, that's not a self-defense. That was defending an aggressor, and the precedent that Alvin Bragg set is a joke. If he wants to be a defense attorney, he should go work in legal aid because at the end of the day, he's failing the people of this city. When you walk into a pharmacy or a bodega or whatever, everything's locked behind the shelves because stores and small businesses are getting put out of business by shoplifters. They can't afford private security. And Jose Alba's become the face of everything that's wrong in this city. And I think that the first thing everybody should be focused on right now is the public outcry of getting this man freed because this has been one of the biggest miscarriages of justice that we've seen in this city in a long time. And you, Michael Henry, speaking of Jose Alba, you have uh, you say that if Jose Alba is convicted and sentenced, you'll do what? I would support Lee Zeldin in commuting his sentence. You will commute his uh, – No, Lee, that, Zeldin, Lee Zeldin – I'm sorry. Lee Zeldin wants to commute his sentence. I would support Lee Zeldin commuting his sentence as the next governor. I like that. That's, that is terrific. Look, we have uh, wonderful people like yourself, Michael Henry, Lee Zeldin, and a bunch of others uh, under the Republican uh, ticket, the R. Look for the R, ladies and gentlemen. Pass the name. But Michael Henry for AG. Michael, tell us just a little more about yourself and how people can help you in your quest to unseat the uh, racist, uh, the, the, the incompetent Letitia James. Sure. Uh, private private citizen. It was one party control of the state, along with the government's disastrous response to the COVID crisis, that made me want to do this. The office has been used for two reasons. The first one is to become the next governor, which Tish James clearly failed to do. The second one is to weaponize it against political opponents, which she's going to continue to do. And I'm just looking to restore a level of competency, efficiency, and integrity back to the office. And for more information, people could go to michaelhenry4ag.com. 
uh, Michael Henry, the number four AG on Twitter, and, and follow us. We interact with everyone. We let everybody know on a daily basis all the things going wrong in the state. And, you know, obviously, as much as I need any, I need people to support me both financially and, and telling as many friends as they have about us and getting our message out there because we're on the right side of this. And I think everybody in this state is so fed up. This is going to provide a unique opportunity for us to not only win, but to build the, build the death moving forward to build out our party and get rid of these socialists. Tish James came up to the Working Families Party. She's the original socialist. She was a socialist before it was even trendy in her own party, and she's got to go. Ah, Michael Henry, that is a great job, everybody. Vote for Michael Henry. Michael Henry, the number four AG. Hey, Mike, uh, you were great today, and uh, you have our endorsement, obviously. Uh, Good-looking guy, smart guy, exactly what we need, and we will talk again in the near future. Great job, Michael Henry. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well done. Thank you very much, guys. All right, take care. Our, our handsome boss, by the way, is uh, peering into the studio. Chad Lopez. Yeah. He never looked better in his life. I don't know what's going on with this guy. I, mean, I got. I have to have a conversation with Chad about his personal life because he looks great. He's got a. He, his, his body's in good shape. He's smiling, and uh, he's a huge fan of Bernie and Sid. As is Tom Sullivan, another great Republican running in uh, Queens, who sent me this text message moments ago. Thank you, Sid and Bernie, for bringing attention to the ATV disaster in Ozone Park, Howard Beach, and Rockaway. Our police and sanitation departments were out there enforcing the law and protecting the citizens. By the way, our politicians did nothing. Tom Sullivan running for assembly in in November. And uh, for folks out in Rockaway, Bell Harbor, and Ponds at Breezy Point, who've been going through these really scary times with these animals on their ATVs. People like Tom Sullivan actually care. People like Chuck Schumer, Letitia James, they don't care. AOC, don't give a rat's ass. That's right. No, about the electorate. Nothing, nothing at all. They're all all, all talking about, you know, climate change, which is, I don't want to say it's a hoax. Maybe the the, the, the globe is getting a little warmer, but uh, when we're not, there's no way we're perishing in 10 years. Uh, so they're focusing on stuff that doesn't matter, that's, that's way off in the uh, distance. Where the, the New York uh, candidates running for office, uh, Tom Sullivan, Michael Henry, et cetera, Lee Zeldin, they care about the here and now, about the ATVs running wild through the streets, terrorizing people. The, 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 the things that matter on a day-to-day basis. Not some, uh, you know, some hypothetical threat that's um, probably non-existent right. in the near future. Right. Uh, so that's what they, the, uh, the, the guys, the, the, the people with an R after their name, they care about bail reform, stuff like that. That matters so that you don't get killed or wounded right. or somebody who you love. Uh, suffers the same fate. So that's that's why you have to vote Republican. First time in uh, three weekends they did not terrorize that area. And really the thanks goes to uh, Brian Sullivan, Michael and Thomas's brother, not Sid and Bernie, but we'll take it anyway. Still to come, yeah, Bill O'Reilly's morning message coming up next. Which Lowry, always terrific on a Monday morning, the editor of the National Review. His Yankees go to the All-Star break looking tremendous. He'll be on at 740. And then the great comedian with the same book deal that I've got, Adam Carolla. He'll be here at 840. It's the best talk show anywhere in the country. The number one Nielsen-rated talk show right here mornings in New York City. We are Bernie and Sid and we're only on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bill O'Reilly here and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, one of the insidious things, word of the day, insidious, and there are many about the progressive movement is that it seeks to convince non-white 
people, they are victims. Wait, let me amend that statement. The far left also wants women, gays, and immigrants to think they are being victimized as well. Now, that is awful, because if you think you are a victim, you are less likely to have a happy, successful life. Why? Because victims have an excuse to not try for success. Why should I try? They won't let me succeed. That is the victim mentality. I hate that. It's bad for everybody. Now listen to me on this. Every human being, every one of us, is born with unique talents. That's why I believe in God. Everyone has gifts in their DNA. But if you spend your life in the victim zone, those talents may be wasted. You have to be motivated to develop your talent and thus succeed in life. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. them smile that's what they need a way to make them smile ladies and gentlemen on this uh, dreary monday morning after a wonderful mid-july uh, midsummer weekend yeah we got to go back to work that's the way it works ladies and gentlemen but i always say the the, the only thing worse than a monday morning uh, and having to go back to work is waking up on a monday morning and not having a job so imagine that that sucks that really sucks. It puts it into perspective. As far as I'm concerned, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, there was a uh, a there was a, a mass shooting in an Indiana Indian in Indiana, excuse me, not Indianapolis, Indiana shopping mall, and uh, well, three people dead, as I mentioned, a bunch of people injured. But the good news is that the gunman was killed. How was he killed? By a good guy with a gun. Oh no! Wait a second. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good Eric guy. Adams said no, no. Wild That's West. right. Are you listening, Eric Adams? Huh? You hear that? Dumb Are you bastard. listening, Kathy Hochul? Uh, a good guy with a gun stopped the killing, and that's how because the, the before the police got there, because the police. I mean, they take t- it takes time. It takes minutes. Sometimes five, ten. I mean, a lot of time. Not only oh. that, it takes some time to get there, and then they have to figure out tactically how to get in before right. more people die. But if you're standing right there with a gun, you're there. Exactly. So, uh, and, and now uh, we have the uh, with the Supreme Court ruling, New Yorkers don't have to jump uh, through hoops for ten years before they can get a gun. 
and or before they did, denied getting a gun, uh, uh, except for the fact that Kathy Hochul, our unelected, uh, incompetent, corrupt governor, is trying to screw it everything up by introducing uh, legislation for laws that will make you jump through hoops forever so you don't get a gun, but that's the, a big problem. And then somebody asked her, they said, do you have any statistics on how many people uh, you know, le- carrying concealed weapons legally are committing crimes? I don't need any numbers. I just know it's not going to be good. So she bans uh, illegal owners from subways, Times Square, bars, uh, you know, uh, uh, sporting events. And in, in, in any state with a le- the, the, where, where guns are legal, there's no problem in any of those places. In, in, in sports, uh, in bars, in sports arenas, there is no problem. Legal gun owners are law-abiding citizens. And they do not commit crimes. They stop crimes if they have the opportunity, like the one in, in the Indiana in the Indiana shopping mall. So that story is out there. Of course, the media is going to uh, ignore it for the most part. Uh, listen. Also, I would say this: we just spoke to Michael Henry. Well, there's uh, with, about the Republican Party here in New York State. Well, the head of the Republican Party, Sid, as you know, is is our friend Nick Langworthy. Yeah. And I'm not sure he's doing the greatest job. I mean, uh, we have a bunch of uh, great, great, uh, you know, great issues and topics that we could be harping on, exploiting, and 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 putting the uh, putting these woke Democrats on the defensive, you know, that are running for office. We could, but we're not. I don't see it anyway. Maybe that's part partially uh, a manifestation of our corrupt, biased local media. But it's also uh, maybe uh, a manifestation of the fact that Nick Langworthy is also running for Congress. Yeah. He's running for Congress up uh, in the Buffalo area, and it's uh, it's taken his, you know, attention, a lot of a lot of his time and attention. Well, you say it, that, and that's true. And I know a lot of Republicans, who I'm sure you're about to mention, have come after in the last couple of days. And I like Nick. I was there at Russo's uh, By the Bay in Howard Beach, Queens, back in 2018 when he first got that job as the guy that run that, uh, that party. But to be honest, well before Nick Langworthy started running for Congress, uh, there was a lot of whispers and screaming, in fact, that he was just not getting the job done. So... Uh, it goes before this. Now this makes it even more difficult. But Nick Langworthy has been coming, coming under fire, to be honest, Bernie, for a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, in this case, uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, I, I believe that he uh, the quote is uh, unbelievably selfish of Nick Langworthy to do what he's doing. And, uh, well, you know, Rudy Giuliani also pointing out that if, uh, you know, we got to get Lee Zeldin elected governor, because if not, it's over for the state. If Kathy Hochul is elected governor, it is over. One-party rule is uh, becomes the status quo once again, and uh, it's just no good for this. Uh, it's just no good for this state. It's just terrible, as a matter of fact. So Nick Langworthy, you got to do the right thing out there, and uh, you have to, you have to, uh, really just quit this, uh, quit this job and let somebody else take over the, the, leading the Republican Party. Run for office. We hope you win. We support you, of course, but of course. Uh, and of course, oh uh, yeah. So you have that. Where the uh, hell's Nick- our good buddy Kieran Lawler? What's he doing these days? Kieran Lawler is uh, that's a good question. We haven't heard from him in a long time. No, it's been a while. Assembly I, member Kieran. See, Lawler. he'd be the perfect type of guy to run the party. He doesn't take crap from anybody, and he reaches first base from third. 
on a pretty good fly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's got a great arm. Yeah. Great arm. He'd, in he'd be really solid, I think, in that position. He's that type of guy. Yeah, why isn't he running for something? I mean, Iraq war veteran and all this. And he's great, great, uh, quick on his feet, funny, witty. All the things that Rob Astorino was that, uh, well, we were talking. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, Kieran Lawler uh, would be terrific. And also, uh, well, I'll, we'll get to this a little bit later. Uh, I, we had a nice discussion right there. Let's uh, save this time for uh, Rich Lowry. Rich Lowry is coming up. I was going to get to Joe Biden, who, excuse me, Bernie Sanders, who was all over TV yesterday talking about how, you know, climate change is an existential threat, blah, blah, blah. He was just running his mouth. I mean, just sounding like, you know, the most immature Greta Turnberg imitation he could possibly do. <laughs> it, was, it was embarrassing. Oh, so we'll get to that a little bit later. In the meantime, Rich Lowry is coming up. Traffic and sports is coming up. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning. and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Talking to myself and feeling old Sometimes I'd like to quit Nothing ever seems to fit Hanging around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me down Ah, the melodious tone of one Karen Carpenter, rainy days and Mondays, and we've got both today, but that doesn't get us down, I must tell you. Again, quick shout-out one more time to Congressman Peter King and uh, his security detail. She is a hoot, I have to tell you. What a hilarious uh, young lady, Melissa Zim. The Fossil family, the Haskell family, my son Gabriel, and Michael Davidson, who was killed in a fire, proud FDNY member for 15 years back in March of 2018. As Bernie pointed out earlier in Harlem, what an amazing night, Friday night in Coney Island at the 13th annual Night of Heroes at the Wall of Remembrance, Sal Magdal. All those guys did a fantastic job. Four ceremonial first pitches, including my son Gabriel, and a wonderful dinner with Peter and Melissa at uh, Gorgiulo's after the uh, the big night and ceremony. Just a, an amazing night and another great night to be a New Yorker. So many of those throughout the year, even with all the issues we've got. Now, this guy is always great on a Monday morning. He's the editor of the National Review. He's got his stuff syndicated all over the country, including many times here in the New York Post, political NBC contributor, all in all, an absolute genius and a diehard New York Yankee fan, the great Rich Lowry. Good morning, Richard. Hey, what's going on? Jake. Sounds like a, a wonderful, wonderful night. I'm glad you guys were able to do that. Yeah, it was, it was really great. The weather was perfect. And, uh, again, anytime you have a chance to honor a fallen fighter fighter like Michael Absolutely. Davidson, you have the cops out there, the firefighters, and that's what New York is all about. And it was really a special night. So thank you for that, Rich. Hey, before we get to the Joe Biden stuff and all that, I don't know if you've seen this, but I know that me and Bernie have brought this up to you before. The University of Pennsylvania Venia, excuse me, has nominated, I almost talked, I couldn't believe it, has nominated swimmer Leah Thomas 
for the female athlete of the year. This despite the fact she's got a bigger penis than I've got. Your thoughts? It's like, a, it's like they're trolling all of us, right? I mean, it's, it's got to be a joke, right? Are they not well, in I, on the joke? I mean, seriously. Yeah. It's not really. a joke. They really did. She's up for female athlete of the year. Yeah, there's a, there's a no, poll. No, they're shoving it down our uh, throats. The American Federation of Teachers, it's out trying to warn the Democrats against going down this path. They show like 30 percent margin support, the so-called don't say gay bill in Florida, you know, 30 percent margin. People don't want males competing against female athletes, but they're never going to get the message. They're never going to get the message because they live live in this gigantic socially progressive bubble where men can get pregnant and it's okay for male swimmers to defeat female swimmers and on and on. Oh, yeah, it's just – but, but uh, to, to Sid's point, they're just shoving it down our throats. So your point, I mean, it's just – I mean, that's what they want to do. Are you, Leah Thomas? I mean, are you kidding me? It's just – it really is a joke. And, and it, would, it would be funny if it wasn't so deadly serious in the event uh, we don't win these elections in November and turn this whole thing around. I mean, we're attack – we're under attack from within is what's happening to this country. It's just – it's just very bad. But uh, as uh, Sid alluded to, uh, Rich Lowry from the National Review on the Bernie and Sid show, uh, Joe Biden traveled to the Middle East. And to me, it was a huge waste of time. Of course, as you know, he could be drilling right here for oil. And he's screwing American energy workers by begging the Saudis to do what we could do, the fist bump and all that stuff. Give us your thoughts on the whole weekend. And uh, take your time. Go ahead, Rich Lowry. Well, I, I don't. I, I long ago concluded that the, the, the Saudis are horrible bastards, right? And but <laughs> there's not a lot we can do about it. That they, they they're sitting on a lot of oil, and they're the lead, leader of Sunni Islam, and you're gonna have to deal with them. So the idea, you know, is terrible. Just absolutely terrible what they did to Khashoggi. I mean, they they chopped the guy up, and horrible act of. Uh, um, cruelty and, and cynicism, and they lied about it and all the rest of it. But the idea they're going to be able to make the, make them a pariah state over that was always a fantasy. And so, you know, I don't particularly mind the fist bump. I don't care whether he shakes his hands or um, bumps his fist or, or, or whatever. French You're going to have to deal with them on a certain level. But it is humiliating. You know, it is humiliating for, for Biden personally to have said he's going to be a pariah and then have to go over there and to beg. And just to the United States generally, when we're pursuing this idiotic policy where, where we have this – God has blessed this land with this incredible resource that is the, the key ingredient of modern life. And we have one side of the political debate that wants to turn its back on it and crush it into the ground, make it impossible for anyone to invest in it, make it impossible for anyone to refine it, make it impossible for anyone to transport it in pipelines. And then we got to go over and and beg these bastards. It's just it's it's as perverse as a Leah Thomas thing. It just makes zero sense. You know, talking about perverse, I understand that uh, there were some real major screw ups here and maybe 21 didn't have to die, including 19 little kids, which is just so heartbreaking. But the cover of today's New York Post, standing army, 400 cops responding to Yobaldi shooting, didn't take down gunmen for over an hour, putting their own lives over the kids. And CNN has done this for about 30 minutes already this morning. And I know there's always new video and there was a press conference yesterday. But to me, Rich, we are spending a lot of time months later, still beating up a police department who clearly, clearly did not know what they were doing, clearly were, uh, did a terrible, terrible job. But why are we beating up the police every day, especially the New York Post, in a country where beating up the police has become chic? 
Yeah, on this one, I'm in favor of beating up the the police. I mean, it just. But it's it, every day, which for two months, we got it. We got the message. We got it. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's gotten worse every week, and there's been more evidence. You know, video. We live in a, a visual age, and video makes everything worse. So just to see the the video just brings it home. And the the idea that no one occurred occurred to no one to just unlock the door, storm the door. Given what what happened in that, that uh, Rich, just answer this for me. And I'll move off it. Look, I'm a, as pro cop as you is a, you can get, I know, but have you learned anything failure. different? Have you learned? Uh, be honest here. Have you learned anything different in the last two days? You haven't known since this horrific act happened almost two months ago. The answer is no. No, but the, the okay. video video makes things more compelling. It just does. Yeah, I, indeed, it does. Uh, that was an awful video. You, you actually see a kid in the hallway before the police arrive. Uh, looking at the gunman and then running away, just, man, it give, gives gives you goosebumps is, is what it does. Rich Lowry from the National Review on the Bernie and Sid Show. Rich, uh, Gavin Newsom, he sauntered into the White House the day after Biden left for the Middle East, <laughs> and we still really haven't received an explanation for it. I mean, it was really an act. We really haven't. It was an act of disrespect. Uh, but you wrote a column, uh, and I think you entitled it, Speaking of Democratic Cluelessness on the Culture, and it includes uh, Gavin Newsom. You want to tell us about that and maybe a, a, an explanation, if you have one, for why he was yeah, at the I, White House? I don't know why he was at the White House. I mean, he, kinda, <laughs> he looks like a president, right? If you're a casting director yes. in, a, in a progressive show about a wonderful president, you'd cast Gavin Newsom, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He looks so casual and that, that little wave, whatever, to the, the reporter. I mean, you could see him being president. You could right, see him no, being no president. jacket. The is, yeah, the problem is he's, he's from California. And he, he, he just is soaked in all these ridiculous progressive pieties that we we're just discussing. I mean, that's the, the grounds on which he's been attacking Ron DeSantis is that he doesn't want kids from K through three to be taught about gender ideology. So he's, he's way out of touch on that stuff. And then also, and one of the reasons Kamala Harris is so terrible is California is, is a weird incubator for politicians because you, you, you need to do the identity politics thing and the in, insider thing, and then you buy a bunch of TV ads. And it creates politicians who aren't, don't have a great natural touch, uh, to, to say the least. So I think he'll, he'll have some of the Kamala Harris uh, problem. He, he's not as, as uh, inherently unlikable as, as uh, she is, but he's no great shakes either. And if you look into the guy's... Uh, personal life and not stuff that we don't know about just stuff that's been public it, it's 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 a lot it's almost as bad as sid not maybe, maybe not <laughs> yeah. quite as bad wow. as sid but wow it's, really it's up there <laughs> oh, oh look forward to this so, he, so he, he's a little bit of a progressive fantasy at the moment i think all right listen uh, my favorite columnist and i th- i think i speak on behalf of bernard as well in fact i know i do uh outside of you of course is miranda devine in the new york mm-hmm. post and uh today she takes a shot at aoc only one new yorker aoc fights for dot 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 herself now last week of course alex stein was uh, uh all over on the steps of the capitol it was actually very funny talking about her ass but uh of course you know what she was dressed in that day but there's a serious question is it fair to say right now that aoc is the most powerful and dangerous person in that dem party or is that a complete exaggeration ah uh, most powerful and dangerous um I don't know how much power she has. She, I mean, she has the power to get attention, which matters a lot. 
but she still represents, I think, just just a splinter, although a growing one within the Democratic Party, and obviously hugely ambitious. You know, that's, this is why Chuck Schumer's governed as far left as he has. This is because he's he's looking at her and worried about a potential primary challenge. So she so she's big and important. There's no doubt about it. I don't know about the 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 most, but Miranda Devine, by the way. I mean, if, if Joe Biden goes down in a Hunter Biden scandal. The New York Post should receive like a Pulitzer every year for the next hundred years. <laughs> yes. I mean, they've been the only ones doing it, and it's highly suggestive that that Hunter was spreading the was funding the entire family, including Joe. I mean, that hasn't been proven yet, but that's where everything's pointing, and that would be a massive scandal. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I believe she's the most uh, dangerous and important person. Everything that she wants, Joe Biden is doing. Every single thing. Uh, and that's why she takes it easy on the old creep. Uh, so I, I believe that fully and firmly. Uh, he's afraid of her and, of course, the others, uh, Bernie Sanders, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Rich, also uh, uh, last week, Starbucks made the announcement that they are going to close a bunch of stores in Democrat-run high-crime cities. And it's just uh, very telling. It's just an act you know, that speaks of our times right here. In uh, Long Island here, in Greenvale, Long Island, Saturday, 4 o'clock. It's a sleepy little village here in Nassau County. There's a nice, uh, a beautiful little jewelry store. It was attacked in, in broad daylight, a smash and grab. They, uh, they, four guys, they went in, and they, they just smashed the windows, grabbed the stuff. So crime is not only in the cities, but in the suburbs. And you write about this Starbucks situation uh, tell us about that. Well, you, you just know that some of these locations of Starbucks, we all encounter this. You, you go in there, and you feel as though you need to look over your shoulder. You know, w- what is that? You know, you can't go into a coffee shop and feel safe. And a lot of these places are, are, uh, are armpits. You know, Penn Station, we've talked a lot about outside Penn Station. And, and inside, it feels like a zombie apocalypse. You know, you got these drug addicts and these mentally ill people who need help, by the way. I mean, that, that's a, a, another element of the scandal of this, that, that we let these people molder and, and rot away on the streets and degrade our quality of life. It isn't good for anyone, including those people, you know. But this is the, the progressive ideology. Again, it's, it's uh, something that people hate, and there's going to be a huge backlash against it. Not sure how you feel about this. I don't think we brought it up to you, uh, Rich. I have a, a feeling how you may feel, but... Uh, the gun laws that were uh, passed a couple of weeks ago by the uh, Supreme Court, uh, making it easier, thank God, for law-abiding citizens uh, to get their guns. Uh, we just saw evidence of how important that is just this weekend in Indiana. A story Bernie brought up just moments ago. Guy walked into a mall, went to the, uh, you know, the eating spot there, the food spot, and uh, started shooting, killed three people. When a good Samaritan, a regular mm-hmm. civilian with a gun, actually killed the guy. Didn't have to wait for the police to show up like Uvalde. Didn't have to wait for the police to figure out how to get inside like Uvalde. There was a guy there with a gun, and he stopped this animal from killing who knows how many more. So for folks like Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul who are against this and talk about the wild, wild west, there is evidence right there. And a lot of that happens more than people think. Good yeah. guys with guns actually help Rich Lowry. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you, if you ever really need a cop fast, uh, and there's nothing on the cops, it's just the, the nature of the situation, it takes a long time. You know, it may take seven minutes or something, but that can be a really long time. And, and as I said, it who, takes seven minutes to get there. Then they've got to figure out a way to get inside without more people dying. Yeah, yeah. And, and people who have carry permits are the most law-abiding people in the country. I, I can't think of any crime I've ever seen that was committed by someone with a, with a carry permit. And, you know, th- this isn't a, 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 no pun intended, magic bullet either for our, our crime problems and mass shootings, but it helps to have good people 
with with guns who who will will try to take care of these problems themselves when they arise. Absolutely. Rich Lowry again from the National Review on the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, Rich, uh, we're going to take back the House. That's a foregone conclusion, although we don't want to get complacent. But the Senate, that's that, that's look, looking more problematic, to use a uh, trite word right there. Uh, so what are your thoughts? And, uh, edify us as to why the Senate is such a, a, a you know, a more difficult task to uh, overtake. Yeah. This, uh, what, 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 what are the dynamics involved as to why it's so difficult? Well, so a, a House candidate, it's hard to have your own profile. Uh, so you're really defined by the national environment and by the approval rating of your president. And that's why every single one of these vulnerable House Democrats is just screwed. doesn't matter who they are, what they say, what they do. They're, they're just screwed. They're going to get wiped out. Senate, you know, you, you have a little bit more of a profile. People tend to know you more, and you can attain some more separation. And candidate quality matters. And I, so Herschel Walker, you know, great, great athlete, uh, legend down in there in Georgia. It turns out he has a bunch of secret kids. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think he, he'll probably still win. But, man, that, that, that's going to be a real nail-biter. Oz has kind of disappeared in, in Pennsylvania. This guy Fetterman, the Democrat, he's an AOC type but does not look like one. You know, he, he looks a, a little bit like a caveman. You think he's a, a right-winger just looking at him. Yeah. Has a major health problem. But, you know, that, that's going to be another tight one. I might favor Fetterman there. So, so the Senate races just – the House races just go with the national mood. Senate races not necessarily. So if I would have said to you, Rich, we're going to get to the uh, second week of July, the All-Star break, and the Yankees are going to have 64 wins. Mm. 64. If I told you that back in, oh, I don't know, March, you would have said what? I, there's no way I would have believed it. I, I, was, I was looking forward to the season that the least I, I had in memory. You know, Isaiah kind of Fralefa, you know, are you right. kidding me? Right. But uh, it's, it's clicked, and, and the pitching's been amazing, and the knock on wood, the, energy, the injury bug hasn't really uh, bit him. So I was looking yesterday. So they have a, almost a, they have 199-plus run differential, which is on pace to be like the second best in Yankees history. Yes. You know, uh, so it's, it's extraordinary. It is, and uh, two of those guys will start tomorrow night. Two guys having monster seasons, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton for the American League, who, by the way, has won eight straight all-star games against the National League. Anyway, Rich, uh, as always, excellent, excellent Monday morning appearance. You're great. We love you. Enjoy your Yankees tomorrow night. We'll talk again next Monday. Thank you, buddy. Great week. Thank you. All right, there he is, Rich Lowry on Bernie and Sid. We'll take a short break. When we get back, the death penalty. I'm for it. So is Bernard. I can't think of anybody who deserves it more yet. They will send this this person today. More of that right after this. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so quickly I brought up the death penalty, which uh, I'm uh, all for. So is Bernard. Well, today the school shooter, Nicholas Cruz, this animal who pulled off that uh, massacre back in 2018 at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Today, the jury will decide whether to give this kid, this guy, he's now 23 years old, life in prison without a chance at parole or death. And uh, with 17 kids dead, and we're still talking about Uvalde months and months later, 17 dead kids in Parkland, Florida. Just a horrendous Valentine's Day. I'll never forget it. Uh, I'm not even sure why we're even having this discussion today, but it only takes one juror to say no, and the kid gets life in prison instead. But I'm on record telling you right now, kill this kid. I would pull the switch tomorrow. You, burn. 
I have a feeling Bernie feels exactly the same way. All right, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Been a great two hours, which Lowry was terrific. So was Michael Henry running against Letitia James for AG. Still to come, Lydia reports. Lydia Serrani, always excellent. She's coming up at 825. And then the great comedian and podcast host. He's got a new book out. Same publisher that I've got. Adam Corolla will stop by at 840. A very exciting 8 o'clock hour on a rainy day, a rainy Monday in New York City with Bernie and Sid. Keep it right here. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here in the Bernie and Sid show, heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Uh, that song was written about a mass shooting, believe it or not, in California back in the, uh, I believe it was the early 80s. The woman said uh, when she was busted, she shot up a school, believe it or not. It was a lesbian. She shot up a school, and uh, they asked her, why'd you do it? She said, I don't like Mondays. And that's what inspired that song by... Uh, who the, who the hell is that band? That's Boomtown uh, Rats. Uh, Bob Bo- Boomtown Rats. Bob Geldof, who's, by the way, an, an Irishman, just like uh, like Bono, except he didn't achieve nearly the uh, fame and fortune that uh, St. Bono achieved in, uh, well, anywhere, in Ireland and uh, abroad. Except he started Live Aid. Oh, he did do that, yes. That, yes. Was, a, that, that was a huge, that, that, yeah. it, thank you, yeah, that was huge, Live Aid. He did that. And Bono didn't. Bono keeps just lining his pockets. He's a selfish bastard. No, Bono did Live Aid. Yeah, well, he, he, he did it. Like he did. He performed. Bob organized. Oh, right, that's right, what right. I'm saying. Right. right. Yeah, 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 Bono so, was there. Yeah. Yeah, you well, anyway, was there. They had a major part in that. Everybody yes. had to be there. Weren't you talking about? <laughs> the most, <laughs> the most be there. Uh, idiot. You had to be an idiot not to be there. You idiot. You, you be idiot. You idiot. Stupid indeed. Sid wouldn't know that. Of course, he can't hear a damn thing. I can hey. hear that, by the way, wise ass. <laughs> uh, yes, it, Which is it, then? You got potatoes in your ears or no? What is it? <laughs> Stupid Egypt. Sid's suffering a little bit this morning. A uh, little, uh, little, he's deep. He's actually uh, hard of hearing. He lost uh, the operation of his uh, hearing aids, I believe. Both. Uh, 
both both hearing aids, and he can't hear a damn thing. The only, <laughs> only thing he can hear really is is what we're saying here on the radio with the headphones on. That's it. With the headphones, I hear you perfectly. I heard Michael Henry. I heard Rich Lowry. I'm looking forward to talking to Adam Carolla. But as soon as I take these things off, I swear to you, Bernie, uh, Justin Ellick was just yelling at the top of his lungs. Still quiet. Wow. Eerie. Amazing. Amazing. Crazy. Uh, so, listen, I feel bad for you. I hope you get a fix today. I and, am. Uh, I've actually got an appointment uh, coming up at 1030. It's on 40th and 5th walking distance. So, literally, Bernard, by a quarter to 11 this morning, I'll have perfect hearing. But right now, I'm deaf. I'm deaf as can possibly be. <laughs> they probably told you a different time and you didn't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Like no, we, told you to, we told you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It? We're all booked me. up. Uh, so, in any case, uh, you have uh, Sid, Sid's... Uh, well, his debilitating condition this morning, but uh, he's going to be fine in the I, long run. And I did ask you before you we went to break uh, uh, last hour, I came back and I teased something. I talked about how I'm all for the death penalty, and so are you. And uh, today they, uh, they're going to sentence Nicholas Cruz, this animal down in Parkland, Florida, now 23 years old, committed that heinous act back in 2018, murdering 17 students in Parkland. And as you know, Bernard, all it takes is one juror to say no, and instead of the death penalty, he'll get lifetime in prison with no chance at parole. I don't want that. I would pull the switch myself later on this morning and kill this mother effer. I know you feel the same way. I would uh, saw his head off with a dull hacksaw. <laughs> yeah, on TV, I'm gladly, I, I am that pro death penalty, yep. and not at all uh, bothered by you know. There's no cruelty whatsoever. It's justice, and not only that, it could be it could prevent the future animals like him from acting the way they did. Uh, so yes, I hope uh, hope to God he gets the death penalty. Get rid of this sob from society, even if he is uh, incarcerated. No good. We got it. No, no three hots in a cot for the rest of your life. You are out the house. Is uh, so. Hopefully, we'll find out uh, today. Yes, we'll see what happens now. Uh, on, a, on a lesser note, I guess LeBron James. Week right. he came out. Uh, uh, Brittany Griner's. She's out, she's in prison in Moscow. She was convicted, and he's like, uh, you know, he's trashing the country because of her. This is what he said from last week. Play that one, please, Lou. Brittany Griner, she is in Russia. She's been there over 110 days. Now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? Uh, wh- wh- do I even want to go back to us? So where the hell is she going to go? This is the best. She would come back here and sing the national anthem at the top of her lungs if they let her out of, uh, out of jail or prison in Moscow. She would do that. You would too, uh, LeBron James, you phony bastard. You, you made your billions here. And he's officially a billionaire now. Somebody declared that within the past few weeks. Forbes. This year, For- Forbes. Forbes, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, so you'll see LeBron James is a billionaire, and he's an ingrate. He's a total ingrate. He's, by the way, a co-owner of the Boston Red Sox. Yes. And uh, over the weekend, he, they released that, that HBO show he has, The Shop, and they were talking about uh, Boston. Uh, cut 24. This is what LeBron said about, well, the fans in Boston. Go ahead, Lou. In basketball, there are fans that you go play away that they can literally take the game from you. You can feel like them. The fans is not going to let us win this one tonight. Yes, I mean, I mean, what places? I mean, Boston. Boston. Yeah. Why, why do you Why do you hate Boston? Because they racist as f- that's yeah, they why. Nasty. They racist as f. Yeah. Boston. I mean, uh, last I saw was uh, I was watching the Celtics, and there was not one white person on the team, and Boston was cheering them on like the maniacs that they are. 
I mean, how? how I, I know historically they've had this rap against them, but oh, right. Uh, but well, uh, I don't know about the today. You just uh, nailed it. You just nailed it. Historically, you go back to the 1970s, for example, and those great Red Sox teams managed by Don Zimmer, who well, couldn't beat the Yankees. You know, they had this uh, great, great player, Jim Rice. And uh, Jim Rice, you know, can never make it to the Hall of Fame, can get screwed by the writers, and they would yell and scream racism uh, every single time, you know. Uh, but uh, that was in the 70s and the 60s. Right now, that's a very liberal town. They're not racist. As you said, the Boston Celtics are a, a black basketball team. And every single one, not yeah, one white guy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, you know, but listen, this is, I mean, LeBron James, after he made those comments about Brittany Griner, as you pointed out last week, you covered this story brilliantly, Bernard. He came out and... and and half-assed apologize after that. And then I saw a, a writer named Leonard Green, some jerk-off, who writes for the New York Daily News, happens to be African-American, by the way, that was getting on LeBron for apologizing. He's like, no, what you said is right. You know, she shouldn't want to come huh. back to this country. This country is no good. So here's some guy writing the New York Daily News, and I'm sure making a pretty penny this moron, who was agreeing with LeBron's initial statement. So when I tell you he's not alone, unfortunately, he's not alone. And by the way, his apology, then, then he cites uh, Jamil Hill, the racist formerly late of ESPN. Oh, the uh, biggest. He, she agreed with, with uh, what LeBron said. Right. And he cited her. So he cited her as justification for what he said. So I don't know. What, the apology went out the window when he did that. Uh, so he's just a, a piece of garbage uh, proving himself. I mean, to smear a whole town cavalierly like that. And by the way, again, co-owner of a team, the Red Sox there. It's unbelievable. His own city. So, so yeah. Joseph Abood is a racist. Okay. That's, yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah, there you go. And, and it's right, funny. Uh, Bill O'Reilly said Thursday that he believes LeBron does all this stuff, makes all these uh, ridiculous and hateful political statements because he believes that LeBron James will run for political office after he's done with the NBA. So if he does, man, outside of Akron, Ohio, good luck. Yeah, well, I, I completely disagree. I think uh, – I mean, he's one notch above intellectually above Colin Kaepernick. He can barely he can barely articulate himself. I swear to God. I mean, he's you know he's no uh, he's no Alan Keyes. What's our what's our friend's name that played for the Jets? He's a congressman. Oh well, you're talking about uh, uh, yeah, they got the defensive back. He went to right. Oakland. He won a Super Bowl. Well, he's no Tim Scott. He's he's not he can't articulate. Oh, he's in Utah. What the hell is Burgess Owens? Burgess Owens. He's no Burgess Owens. So uh, you have to be able to stand there and uh, go, you know, mano a mano with somebody who's smart, articulate, and knows the issues and can deeply and can, and, and, and can go back and forth on them. Uh, he, can't, he cannot do that. And I hate to say it, uh, even though he, this person does know the issues, but articulation becomes a problem. And that is a guy that you and I both really, really like. And the Senate may hinge on him. And that's Herschel Walker down in Georgia. Yeah. He does not do a very good job of getting his point across. I'm fully aware. Fully aware. But uh, a, a decent human being, a yes. decent individual. Yes. I don't care how many kids he has. Raphael Warnock is a racist, a socialist. This is his opponent. A racial, a racist, a socialist, and a wife beater. Uh, I don't. So uh, he's got his own issues uh, to deal with. Uh, so I, I pray that Herschel Walker makes it to the Senate. Either way, uh, on this note, uh, last week there was uh, a protest somewhere. Uh, it was a park. I think it was maybe Union Square in Manhattan. You had this uh, woke white woman with a savior complex. You know, some BLM type. So, who really is the, the prototypical uh, Democrat these days, uh, white women with college degrees, with savior complexes. 
uh, who are out there screaming in in uh, the face of police officers, black police officers. Uh, anyway, some black woman uh, shows up and she's like, "Don't tell me I'm oppressed." And and the, the woke white woman with the safety complex is, "Yeah, you're oppressed. You just don't know it." And she said, "Well, anyway, listen to it. Listen to this exchange between the two of them. Uh, please play it, Lou." What are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? You are not here to fight injustice. You're here if to cause drama. Message will be stop violence. It's not about oh, blacks. In a unicorn world. That's not a unicorn world. Period. Okay. Since you're so, you guys are so you blacks are oppressed. I am black. I'm not oppressed. That's I am free. That's good for you. That's an individual person. What about a systemic issue? Where? I am black. I've always wanted to be. I have a like. I do what I want. You have the skills. This is the country where you have the skills. You want to do what you want. You do it. Stop. Stop forcing on people to accept that they're oppressed. They are not. I am not oppressed. I am black. Stop making people accept that they're oppressed. You're forcing a rhetoric into your mind, which is not true. That's my point. Violence is wrong. Period. It's not about blacks. You agree that whites kill black whites too, right? Have you seen any white person coming out and saying white life matter or white thing? No. Violence is wrong. Do all the time. Every time there's a black lives matter protest, problem. a white it's person. A black problem. It's a problem. The blacks kill blacks in black neighborhoods every single day. I've never seen a black life matter in those neighborhoods. Never. Never black life matter. Stop the hypocrisy. Nobody takes this seriously. Nobody. If it matters, it should matter in black neighborhoods. You start cleaning at home. So why don't you go? You start cleaning at home. So anyway, you get the drift. You don't see Black Lives Matter in the inner city when blacks are getting killed. She told this uh, white woman off uh, big time, and good for her. She was right about all of it. But it essentially sums up what uh, I mentioned yesterday, excuse me, last week, that Axios piece that the Republican Party is becoming more working class, more multiracial, and the Democratic Party is becoming more elite, uh, filled with wealthy uh, white people, like this uh, white woke woman with the savior complex, she's going to save the blacks. Ah, shut up! They, 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 can, they, they can handle it themselves. Who the hell do you think you are? Uh, so anyway, over the week, over the weekend, uh, there was a shooting last week. Uh, some thug showed up at uh, this girl's house. This girl has kids. Uh, it's not clear if she has kids with this thug. She's white or she's Latino, and her kids are half black. So anyway, the thug shows up. He's black. And he starts shooting into her apartment, almost killing her kids and almost killing her. And her apartment is riddled with bullet holes. So Black Lives, the cop, the police, she called the police and the police showed up and they got into a shooting exchange with this dude and killed him. So what what happens next? In front of the building where the woman lives, uh, these uh, white people show up, mostly white people. Black Lives Matter shows up. And they start protesting and uh, protest, protesting <laughs> against the racist police. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, so they're out there protesting against the racist police, against some thug because of some thug who almost shot a woman and her kids with a gun. So anyway, the woman pulls up in her car. She gets out of the car. The kids are in the back seat, and she starts screaming at these uh, Black Lives Matter protesters. And this is how it sounded. Cut nineteen, Lou. This twenty-four-year-old woman with. With her, with, with her biracial kids in the back seat yelling at BLM people uh, over the shooting of a, a thug who tried to kill her. Uh, 19, please. And you are idols because you guys are celebrating his life. It was a terror. I'm sure it was a terror. It's not okay. You're alive. Okay. Okay. Shut up. You guys need to 
My black wow. kids. My black kids are in the car. This is not okay. He. This is not a George Floyd situation. He had a gun. She's telling them off in a, a, a big way. And uh, she, she actually screamed there. He tried to kill me in front of my kids. I mean, at that point, you take your bag and you leave. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, there's this woman who works for Prager University, and she's terrific. You see her on Newsmax sometimes. Her name is Amala Ekpunabi. And she used to be a liberal. Prager University, by the way, Dennis Prager started it. Uh, he's a well-known Jewish conservative, and he's trying to uh, cultivate, you know, minority conservatives, et cetera, et cetera. He's doing a great job. This Amala Ekpunabi, she got a clip, uh, uh, her hands on, on, on this clip, a piece of this clip from this 24-year-old woman, and then she uh, broke it down afterwards. Cut number 20, please, Lou. This is Amala Ekpunabi on the 24-year-old woman woman who shouted at the Black Lives Matter people to go home. Go ahead. Y'all, this video irks me. This guy right here shot into this woman's apartment while she was there with her kids and in a six-hour standoff with law enforcement got killed by police. Now all these protesters are outside marching and rallying for him outside her apartment building. So all because this guy happens to be black, you got to go march and rally for him even though he could have killed a single mother and her children? Think about how simple you have to be thinking that just because he has black skin, some people think that he needs to be defended. You play stupid, dangerous games, you win stupid, dangerous prizes. And this woman has a black child. And they're here all in the name of what? Black Lives Matter, apparently? I don't know how much more evidence anybody needs to know that this woke stuff is garbage. And this poor woman, I cannot imagine the amount of frustration she must feel. Beautifully well said, uh, Amala Ekpunabi. Look for this. Well, this woman's a rising star. She's brilliant. She's, she can't be uh, any older than 24 years old herself. And so uh, you have uh, the, the enemy from within, these, these white idiots with savior complexes uh, th that show up at Black Lives Matter protests and the woman screaming and arguing with the, uh, with the, uh, with, with the excuse me, the black, with the black lady, excuse me. Anyway, this guy, Steve Hilton, he's on Fox News, and he is terrific. He hosts a show called The Next Revolution with Steve Hilton on weekends, uh, Sunday nights, and he broke down the enemy from within, which includes the teachers' unions. All this starts early in schools. Uh, just leave, listen to Steve Hilton uh, illustrate one example and then break it down right afterwards. Right on the money, cut 15, Steve Hilton. Go ahead, Lou. Right now, in America, the teacher unions are the leading incubator of left-wing extremism. You can see that with every outrageous story that emerges from our public schools, like this one uncovered by our friend Kira Davis, a seven-year-old girl in Orange County, California, punished by her school for the thought crime of adding the words any life to a Black Lives Matter drawing she made. She was then made to sit out during recess and give a public apology on the playground at seven years old. On top of that, she was banned from even drawing pictures anymore, something that used to help her cope with her ADHD. 
And guess what? The girl's mother wasn't even notified until a year later when another parent told her about it. It is all so disgusting and shocking, but honestly not that surprising. This is where left-wing extremism takes you. It's where it takes you, and then he went on to say that he came from, his parents came, he came from Hungary, and his parents were, lived under the communist uh, Hungarian rule, and, of course, his mom was a teacher, and she uh, suffered the same fate. She said something, they fired her, and she had to make a public apology. That's what communists do, and in this country, it starts early. It starts in the schools, and that's why I say, and everybody, a lot of people say, we're, being un we're under attack from the enemy within, not only from without, from China, etc., but from right here with these woke tards who are essentially communists, uh, uh, really indoctrinating, brainwashing our kids, doing what they did to that little girl. Good for Steve Hilton for pointing that out on the Bernie and Sid show. We're going to speak to Adam Carolla coming up. And Lydia Serrano also, she's up next. And no reason then we got... Here on the Bernie and Sid show. Coming right back, ladies and gentlemen. On 77 WABC, here's Lydia Serrani. In the name of social equality, 27-year-old Demi Minor is being housed, was being housed, excuse me, with female inmates at the Edna Mahan Correctional Facility in New Jersey. But she has since been moved because Demi was born Demetrius. And Demetrius impregnated two female inmates. Come on. Demi is serving a 30-year sentence for manslaughter. She apparently killed her foster father. And she wrote in a blog post at her new jail that she's now the only woman in the new facility and she's been called he and him over 30 times she says that she was strip searched by a guy instead of a girl and this all happened because 2021 new jersey enacted a policy that allowed prisoners to be housed in facilities according to their preferred pronouns so this is in the name of social equality if i was those two prisoners that got impregnated i would sue the state of new jersey for everything they've got what if it was consensual doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They put them at risk. I mean, they can they can just they, I would sue them. They put them at I, risk. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. It's just they, so, they wrong on so risk. many levels. And uh, you have people uh, claiming, well, I, I identify as a woman and you get put into a woman's prison. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like a drunk in a liquor store. You got you good to go for uh, whatever sentence you have. You, you know, you got all the uh, all the you know what in the world right there. No, it's just sick. It's wrong. It's wrong on the face of it. Any anybody with a, an ounce of common sense knows it's wrong. But we're living in lunatic, really insane times where we allow this crap to happen. They call me by the wrong pronoun. Shut the f up. You're in prison because you committed a crime, and you should be in a male prison doing male time, suffering from uh, you know whatever male inmates suffer from uh, a fear of. Uh, you know, uh, perverted uh, inmates and uh, getting beat up, and you got to join a crew. You got to do what other inmates do. You don't go to a woman's prison and have it easy like that. That's wrong. It's just wrong on so many levels, uh, Lydia. I saw this in the paper over the weekend, and I just wanted to throw up. It made me sick. 
Um, I just I've, uh, I just said I'm gonna send it now to you, Bernie. Sid, t- take a look at at uh, Demi. What no, do you think? I mean, Does that look? He doesn't look anything like a woman. First of all, he's got uh, a lot of facial hair. He's got a full grown mustache, beard. Uh, his hair is very very short, short like mine, uh, like Bernard. Oh, he's a black. He looks like a, he looks like he plays for the NBA. He, he looks, looks like exa- a normal exactly male. Exactly right. He looks like a black basketball player. There is nothing female about the way no, this person no. looks. He, he played. He gamed the system, and he's in there with a bunch of uh, female Jesus. convicts. He really did, and he's getting all the uh, oh booty God. he wants as he serves his time. It's just. This is so. This guy's a I genius. can't believe it still works after all that. Those hormones. Yeah, no, no, stuff, this, it still uh, works. This guy's a genius. Whoever he is, I mean, he's a scumbag, a low life, a criminal. And to Bernie's uh, point, by the way, if the girls looked at him and uh, and it was consensual, then it gets uh, much stickier in terms of suing anybody. But this guy, if he just decided, hey, I'm going to get some booty and make my prison time uh, better, he's an absolute genius. Uh, yeah. I thought if you're an inmate, you can't consent. That's why if a guard even has consensual oh, sex get out with of an course inmate, you can. they're. Did you ever no, watch Oz? <laughs> I mean, come on, these people. I mean, I'm being serious. I mean, that show is actually a very, very but real think depiction. Legally, they're wards of the state. They can't consent or something. That's why guards could go to jail if they have uh, sex listen, with an I, inmate. Listen, it's the same thing at rehab. Like when you would go to rehab, which I've gone to two different rehabs now in Pennsylvania and Florida, men and women are never, ever, ever supposed to hook up. But I have to tell you, in both places I went, that was going on all the time. And you run the risk of getting thrown out. Nobody cared. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're in the middle of nowhere, locked away from the rest of civilization. And much like prison, if it's there, they're going to take advantage of it. So those rules don't apply. They don't matter. And if somebody consents to it, then it's sex. So I was reading this thing about uh, transgender, and I forget who the speaker was, but the person brought up this excellent point. So he was talking about transgender, this or that. I think it might have been Matt Walsh. I'm not sure. And then a transgender person in the audience was like, you're transphobic. How can you say that? I'm female. Da, da, da. And he says, well, how old are you? And then the person was like, well, what does my age have anything to do with it? He's like, well, just tell me how old you are. And then he, she was like, I'm 22. He's like, no, you're not. You're 50. She's like, no, I'm 22. He goes, no, you're not. You're 60. She goes, no, I'm 22. He goes, exactly. Just like you can't change how old you are, you can't change your sex. This is an indisputable fact. Just like you're, 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 you're very saying you're, I'm 22. So that's it. You're you're a guy. That's it. You can't be a girl. You can't change facts. The fact that we have to actually say that is just it's just symptomatic of uh, the, the the sick times we li- we're living in right now, and we're going to look back on this time as really, wh- 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 you know, whatever ha- what happened to us back here. Yeah. How do we all lose our minds? Yeah, and, and the and the first thing that people who are sympathetic towards that cause, which I also find to be sickening, the first thing they talk about is the suicide rate. Not only are you transphobic, but you're a bad person because you have to understand that transgenders kill themselves at a rate that's higher. And believe me, I don't want to see anybody kill themselves no no matter what, but of course they do. They're crazy to begin with. Well, that's why they commit suicide. It has nothing to do with uh, people, you know, questioning whether men can get pregnant, as that professor said to Josh Hawley. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, with them switching sexes and uh, regretting it and just, just being all confused and mentally uh, unbalanced. That's why they commit suicide. 
That's that's the only reason why, and and then we should not be encouraging them to to transition. Yeah, they, they make it sound like they commit suicide because there are people out there that are I very know. very mean, and they make I fun know. of them, and that's just not true. Well, that's why I said what I just said right. because right. Uh, that's the reason for the suicides. What I said, not what they're saying, because the suicides have been occurring for dec for, for for millennia in the these cases, and uh, this phenomenon just popped up in the last couple of years. And the suicides remain the same. It has nothing to do with people. People didn't even know about transgenders until two years ago, for God's sakes. So I it's mean, just it's a body, lie. It's body mutilation. You're mutilating your body. It's like an anorexic person going to a plastic surgeon and saying, can you suck out all of my fat? You're not going to change the mental disorder. They need therapy. And we still don't know all of these hormones that they're taking, what kind of long-lasting effects they'll have. They'll probably have cancer. I know we're running out of time. Bill Maher, he said this. He said, if kids knew what they wanted to be at age eight, the world would be filled with cowboys and princesses. I wanted to be a, a pirate. Thank God nobody took me seriously and scheduled me for eye removal and peg leg <laughs> surgery. Bingo. And, and by the way, on a, on a much more practical uh, uh, issue here, uh, the guy you just talked about, great segment, by the way, Lydia, the guy that goes to prison and identifies as a female, gets to bang every woman there in jail, and then University of Pennsylvania, brought this up an hour ago, has nominated Leah Thomas as the Female Athlete of the Year. Those are two stories right there that go to show you that a lot of these people are very, very sinister above and beyond what those folks want you and me to believe. Sick. Well, that's why we have to vote Republican. You can't vote Democrat because they're whack jobs, okay? And I know people will say, well, I'm a Democrat, and I don't believe in that stuff. Yeah, you do. Stop voting for the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. Vote Republican. Get common sense back. Get the gas prices down. Get get common sense back right. into your lives and get the streets back safe again. We shouldn't have people walking around with over 100 arrests under their belt. And if you get caught with an illegal gun, you're out the next day. No. But we'll talk about this much more, 5 o'clock, Cats at Night, John Katzmatidi Show. You don't want to miss it. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the Morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Man Show, I got it. You know, every once in a while we have a guest on, and it takes me like 10 minutes to introduce them. It becomes really annoying. Carolla's one of those guys. I mean, my God, he's been on this show a bunch. He was on with me down in Miami a lot. He wouldn't even remember. But, you know, between Loveline and The Man Show, which you just did, this guy's had more podcast downloads. In fact, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records, dating back to 2011, 11 years ago, for the most downloads. He's a brilliant comedian. He's really funny. He's really smart, evidenced by his appearances on guys like Tucker Carlson, Bill O'Reilly, and Jesse Waters. And most importantly, he's got a new book out, the same publisher that I've got. That's right. The same guy, Anthony Zaccardi, the genius at his postal press slash Simon and Schuster. Corolla's new book, Everything Reminds Me of Something, Advice, Answers, But No Apologies. And in fact, he even takes questions in the book from some very, very famous people not as smart as him. So with that said, making his return to the Bernie and Sid show on my show, specifically the brilliant Adam Corolla. Adam, Sid, Bernie in New York, how are you, pal? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. It's always uh, always great to have you. So I don't know if you know this, but uh, you and I have the same publisher. Your book is out now. My book is out next month. So uh, you're on my show today, which means I have to go on your show sometime soon. You okay with that? <laughs> I'm 
perfectly fine with the uh, the yin and the yang of life. <laughs> and yeah, it's nice to have a, a publisher. I published my first two or three books with just sort of big New York publishing houses, the kind, you know, the ones you've heard of. But um, then the political climate changed and Trump got voted in. And uh, that was it with the, me and them. They basically blackballed me. So uh, we found a new one, and it's been great. It's the second book I'm doing with them. Oh, I know you've had great success with uh, with other books. You you talked about it. We'll all be chicks. Oh, how brilliant was that, by the way? Uh, that was back in, like, 2010 and not Taco Bell material. So you've had great books along the way. And you mentioned Donald Trump. And for folks who may forget, because people on this station love Donald Trump, you were a contestant on Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. I was. I, I don't even know what, what season it was, but it, it was an interesting experience. And at the time, Trump it, Trump fired me over something that I didn't really do. And it was, uh, you know, there was a lot of great blood there. But I, I had this observation when I got Thanks. back to uh, L.A. And people said, like, what kind of guy is Trump? And I said, well, I don't really care for Trump, but I'll tell you what, his kids were all great, wow. all respectful, and all prompt. And I said, I think that says something about him as a dad, because his kids were all fantastic and super impressive. No question about it. And to continue to be contrast them with uh, with Biden's kid, it's just uh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, Adam Carolla on the Bernie and Sid Show. The book is called Everything Reminds Me of Something, Advice, Answers, But No Apologies. And Adam uh, Carolla, I know you started out, you, well, you started out uh, your youth, uh, your, your, your adulthood, I should say, as a working class guy. You worked construction. You did not go to college. And uh, and that's good for you you didn't go because college today is, is a scam. It's it's a place where they indoctrinate people, and kids go there. They waste their money. They they come out in debt, jobless, and uh, full of these lunatic ideas. So, uh, I mean, uh, do you write about that in your book? Oh yeah, there's definitely some of that in there, and and it's true. <clears throat> it's kind of funny, like we're doing this thing where it's like they're indoctrinated in college, but they're moving it down to high school, junior high, and grade school. I mean, that's the whole yeah. plan, if you think about it. It used to just it used to just live on college campuses, and then it started leaving college campuses and going to corporate boardrooms, and then they started figuring, if we, why not get them in high school? <laughs> why not get them in junior high? I always say it's like crate training a dog. you got to get them when they're young. you got to <laughs> get them when they're puppies, and you got to crate train them. That's what we did with COVID. Yeah. It doesn't age guys like us we're not buying it but if you get them when they're young that's why they're so animated about getting to you know grade schoolers these days so it's like kind of weird but you used to have to worry about college now you have to have to worry about junior high too yeah no you're right there's no question adam does talk about a bunch of things in his book like he just talked about with bernard and life and love career cars he even takes questions from folks like ray romano maria menounos who i've met on occasion beautiful young lady and judd apatow uh in the book but i will tell you this adam uh you were on with jesse waters right after the whole will smith chris rock dust up and in fact you were on that monday night and, and I thought you were hilarious when you were describing what was going on. And, and I kind of feel like you're a little jealous that somebody hasn't bum-rushed the stage yet and kicked your ass. Am I wrong? 
<laughs> well, first off, the day is young, and I am, <laughs> I am doing a show out here on Wednesday night, so anyone listening, uh, give, it a, give it a whirl. I, uh, I, you know, it's weird. I come from a very blue-collar world where that's what we did. We just kind of got on each other all the time. And then I used to teach boxing. I was a boxing coach and an amateur boxer for a while. So I just don't, I don't have the kind of fear, I guess, that some people have about other people putting hands on me because I feel like that's all I did growing, growing up. I got kind of used to it. But it's never happened to me. And I say... Uh, offensive stuff all day long. Although I have never done a set about Jada Pinkett, so maybe I work that <laughs> yeah. so, into the set. Adam Carolla on the Bernie Institute again. The book "Everything Reminds Me of Something: Advice, Answers, But No Apologies." The book is just out, folks. Adam Carolla, wildly successful podcast host, very very funny. The book is well worth uh, acquiring uh, wherever you get books, Amazon. But listen. Uh, uh, Adam, I know I, I I watch you on TV as well. See you on Fox News and uh, saw you on Hannity once, and, and you, you guys were talking about AOC. And Hannity nearly fought, fell off his chair when you said nobody would pay attention to her if it wasn't for the fact that she has I don't know what you said a nice ass or something like that. And and uh, like I say, Hannity nearly fell out of his seat. And you happen to be right about that. I mean, if it wasn't for her looks, you're right. Uh, you you want to expand on that? Yeah, I do. Uh, the nice ass part was more of a, a recent thing that some heckler did down on the steps of the Capitol. That, Alex that Stein. Wasn't me. That was Alex Stein. I, yes. Yeah. I said if AOC was middle aged and heavy set, would anyone ever listen to a word that came out of her mouth? <laughs> right, and right, right. Ever, and, and and I think I think Hannity heard uh, you know it sounded sexist or racist or something and so he got he puckered a little bit but <laughs> later on people asked me did I, did I want to retract that or walk it back or, or something and I was like no I mean it 1000 percent nothing comes out of that crazy shrew's mouth except for nonsense <laughs> and if she was you know 61 heavy set from Minnesota. No one would listen to a damn word she ever said. It's no true. Way. No, it's true. If that was Mindy Cohn, for example, who I loved in uh, in different strokes, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Not different strokes, facts Cohen, of life. We, we would yell, shut up, two syllables <laughs> into her You are so <laughs> right. Adam Carolla here on uh, Bernie and Sid. Again, the book, Everything Reminds Me of Something, Advice, Answers, But No Apologies, Post Hill Press, Simon & Schuster, Anthony Zaccardi, the, uh, the whole crew. You know, it's funny, Adam, uh, over the years, I've uh, become very friendly with a lot of comedians. Audie Lang, in fact, wrote the forward for my first book. Uh, Bernard, actually, uh, my partner here, he's, a, uh, he's done stand-up comedy. He's a genius, actually. Uh, guys like Gilbert Gottfried, who we just lost. And what, what always shocks me, and don't take this the wrong way, is while you guys try to be funny all the time, some of you are really, really smart. Like Mark Marin is really, really smart. You're really, really smart. I don't think folks understand that, and why do you think that's the case? You know, it's funny. I was interviewing John Cleese from Monty Python, and I said to him, he was a lawyer and blah, blah, blah. I said, do you think of yourself as smart, or do you think of yourself as funny? Hmm. And he was like, wow, that's the best question I've ever got. Like, <laughs> he, he, he really did. He was like, I never really thought about it, but it's true. Like, think about a guy like that or, or Albert Brooks. You know, he's probably smart before he's funny, 
And if you're smart, you can sometimes translate it into funny. Yeah. So it, it, it is it is true. It is a kind of marker for intelligence that I, I wish someone would have figured out this uh, theorem when I was in junior high, just being told <laughs> to shut up. I was a dope. <laughs> I was considered... A dope. I, you know, I was, I was like class clown in high school. So was and I considered a dope by yeah. every teacher I had. I, so yeah. only recently were we able to do this alchemy where we realized that wait a minute, you can't be consistently funny and be dumb at the at the same time. So uh, I agree with you, but a lot of good it does me now. You know, uh, Adam Carolla, we have uh, uh, for a president uh, a total imbecile uh, with dementia. I mean, he makes Mr. Magoo sound like a James Bond, for God's sakes. And uh, he just came back from Saudi Arabia, embarrassed us on the national stage. And this guy is supposedly going to, to uh, he's supposed to go to run for re-election in 2024. He's not going to last till 2024, I don't think. What do you think about our current commander-in-chief? It's it's really weird how, you know, how we we attributed all this stuff to Trump. Like, oh, he's a liar. His 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 whole cor corporation's corrupt. His kids are corrupt. It's a family business that's corrupt. You know, think about that as it applies to Biden. I mean, think about what insane liar he is, and then think about the insane corruption with his son and his brother going to Ukraine and China and Russia, hanging out with all the bad actors in the world. I mean. It's like, oh, uh, uh, Trump's daughter got her scarves made in China. This is a big deal. Remember that kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff? Yeah, her, yeah. her couple of uh, businessmen had a, a free lunch in the Trump Tower. Oh, this is a big deal. And But, of course, they won't touch the other stuff. Biden is Biden has a personality disorder. There's something wrong with him. <laughs> you know, like every time somebody pushes against him, he's like, hey, Jack. You know, when he starts walking at him with his finger, waving <laughs> yeah, around, he does. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's it's crazy. It's like he, he has no nuance. He can't say, look, this is what the polls say. Here's what I think. Or, yeah, my son, we talk business, but I wasn't involved. He just be, he just starts screaming at everyone. And everyone, I was on Bill Maher's show a couple weeks back, and they said, do you think he's going to run? Is he going to run? Is he going to run? And I said that. Uh, he can barely walk. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. He can barely walk. Well, I, I think you probably vote for Howard Stern and Bailey Cooper anyway. Uh, Adam, on the way out here, uh, when you look over the resume, it's very impressive dating back to 1995. You've done radio with Dr. Drew, usually successful. You've done The Man Show. You've written New York Times bestsellers. You've been on Dancing with the Stars and Celebrity Apprentice. Now you've got a podcast that only Joe Rogan can measure up to. When you look back at your whole career right now, Adam Carolla, what are you most surprised and most proud of? Honestly, being on New York Times bestseller list, like writing books, because I was I was always funny, but I could never spell or write. And the notion of being an author is probably the thing I'm proudest of. Yeah, but they have spell check, bro. <laughs> they didn't have it back in the day. <laughs> okay. No, they All right, did my not. Bad. <laughs> hey, listen, Adam, you, you're terrific, fantastic. The book again is everything reminds me of something. Advice, answers, but no apologies. Of course, the podcast, anywhere podcasts are available. But Adam Carolla, thanks for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show. Good luck down the line, and uh, enjoy the interview with Sid Rosenberg.
Thanks for having me. Take All right, care, bro. Guys. I'll be reaching out to you and your people soon. Adam Carolla right there on the Bernie and Sid show. That's a, uh, that's a fun get. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break. Bernard, still lots more to do in the spirit of Huma Aberdeen and Bradley Cooper. Somebody else was talking about their ex this weekend, and he's an all-time great. I've got that audio coming up. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I like this song. Fourth and final hour, Monday edition, Bernie and Sid. On this uh, Monday, three great guests there. They all showed up big. Michael Henry, running against Letitia James, or AG, joined us early in the 7 o'clock hour. Rich Lowry, later in the 7 o'clock hour and moments ago, famous uh, comedian, podcast host, and now author. A couple of times uh, he's written New York Times bestsellers. Adam Carolla joined us as well. But I can't believe this show is over three hours old, and me and Bernie have not mentioned the biggest story of the day. And it's not uh, Joe Biden in Saudi Arabia. And it's not uh, Uvalde police for the nine millionth time, nine billionth time new video. And, yeah, we know they screwed up. It's, it's none of those stories. Is, uh, it's Benefer, right? Yes. Benifer. How'd you know that? Because uh, I was blown away by it, uh, as you were. Yes. And, uh, and the fact that she actually took his name. I know. A traditional, a traditional marriage. Uh, and, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, ben Affleck yes. is one of these woke clowns. But they did it all by the book, traditional. She yes, took his did. name. I mean, I, uh, so I, I don't know what A-Rod's thinking this morning, but uh, I don't care either. Well, it's funny you mention A-Rod. God, you are so smart. You don't even know it sometimes. Yes, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez got married this weekend in Las Vegas. They were both on record the last couple of weeks saying they weren't going to get married. In fact, that was one of the uh, the Rob Shooter thing he does at the end of the segment. He actually mentioned that once, but they did it. They got married. So, you know, we had, for example, Curtis Sliwa. Right, uh, a very famous couple in the news last week, Huma Aberdeen, Anthony Weiner's uh, ex-wife, Hillary Clinton's best buddy, uh, hanging out with Bradley Cooper. And uh, you and I put tremendous pressure on Curtis Sliwa last week. That's why I invited him in to make sure that when he does his Saturday show with Anthony, he brought up the Aberdeen-Bradley Cooper relationship. And because Curtis is not a pussy and he's a legendary radio guy, he did it. He brought it up to Anthony Weiner. In fact, you've got the audio, right, Bernie? I, we could play it right here if you play like. Play it right here. Play it right here. Uh, all right, uh, Louie, it's uh, Curtis Slee with Cut 28. So now uh, I was looking at uh, Thursday's New York Post. What? what you, really? You're going to do this? I, what, I'm going over all our notes about our show notes. Doesn't anything about this this subject. Yeah, Hold yeah, but you got to understand the pressure was put on me by Sid and Bernie. And they promised me a full-page head in the New York Post. I'm not going to have a question no. to you because you've been avoiding page six. Although you didn't avoid the front page of the New York Post, it was your former wife, Uma, on one side, Bradley Cooper on the other side. And you were peering over his shoulder. I, I mean, I, I love her dearly, and I want her to be happy, and I'm happy if she's happy. And, and her successes, are, I feel, are just are, are so well-earned. And she's such an amazing woman that he need, enough good things can't happen to her. So now... All right, so that's very nice. Okay, thank you. So there it is. That's uh, Anthony saying nice things about his ex-wife, Curtis Sliwa, coming up very, very, very big. No surprise to me and Bernie. We knew that he would bring it up. And now Bernie just brought up A-Rod because A-Rod and J-Lo were very, very, very close until he got caught. You know, it's funny. I watch Southern Charm every week. It's one of my favorite TV shows. It's on the Bravo channel. And uh, Madison LaCroix was just on last Wednesday 
took a good look at her. Cute girl, cute girl. Certainly not nearly as cute as Jennifer Lopez, but she basically cost uh, A-Rod that relationship. But A-Rod did speak about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Do you want to hear the audio, Bernie? I certainly I can't wait. Let's All right. do it. All right. Here he is, former Yankee great and uh, Fox MLB analyst A-Rod on Jennifer Lopez. How is life, we have to ask the question, how is life after J-Lo? You know, Martha, thank goodness, no regrets. Life is good. I'm very fortunate. I wake up every morning and thank the good Lord for my health, uh, for my beautiful daughters who are now 17 and 14. That is my number one focus in life. Look, we had a great time. Uh, more importantly, uh, we, we always put the kids front and center in everything we do. Here's what I will tell you about Jennifer. Uh, and I was telling uh, some of my colleagues here the other day, um, she's the most talented human being I've ever been around, hardest worker, and I think she is the greatest performer, live performer in the world today that's alive. So both guys, uh, Anthony Weiner talking about Huma, who's banging Bradley, and uh, A-Rod talking about J-Lo, who married Ben Affleck this weekend, both guys said some very, very nice things. And it really seemed to me, I, I think Anthony Weiner is probably hurt. I really do no matter what he says. But it really did seem to me that A-Rod has completely moved on. Doesn't seem to care. Oh, yeah. I mean, and uh, really, why should he? I mean, he's, uh, you know, you have uh, women are throwing themselves at him. <laughs> I mean, so so he's, he's plenty of distractions, if you will. But, uh, yeah, I would imagine uh, it, 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 there's some place in his heart that maybe is hurt because, he thought he was it. Yeah, she dumped him. So that is the dynamic that would make you think that he was hurt. But, uh, you know, she was also with, uh, who was it? Uh, it was uh, Diddy, right? P. Yeah, Diddy P. back Diddy. in the day? Yes. Oh, yes. So uh, that whole uh, once you go black, you never go back thing, I, I guess uh, it really doesn't, uh, it's not a maxim that actually applies well, necessarily. Well, there was a rumor, and again, this is uh, an unsubstantiated rumor, but I believe it, that she was at some hotel somewhere. And uh, P. Diddy went to go meet her, and she had, like, the, uh, the, the rooftop, you know, like the, uh, what do you call that, the penthouse suite. And supposedly right. she was out on the terrace and, um, well, taking it from behind. And uh, P. Diddy walked in on that. That was the rumor. I don't, Are you serious? I'm dead serious. So, I mean, I, I, <laughs> wow. I, listen, I don't know. That hurts. Yeah, I mean, that hurts. I don't know if that's true or not. I know they, they listen, they, they were in a nightclub together once. It was shots rang out, and he, like, dove and, and protected her. Remember all that stuff? So they had a pretty right. pretty wild uh, pretty wild time together. But either way, uh, everybody seems happy these days. Huma Aberdeen and Bradley Cooper and J-Lo and Affleck got married over the weekend. She's now Jennifer Affleck. Hard to believe. It really is. It really is that uh, J-Lo... From the block, by the way, my old neighborhood, the six train, we rode the same train. She was from Castle Hill, a little bit, uh, not not quite as ghetto as uh, they want you to believe. She lived in a private house, and Castle Hill, especially back then, was actually a nice neighborhood. But, uh, yeah, J Jenny from the block is... She's doing all right for herself. Uh, I think we lost money there for a second. Hey, one more note. Bernie's been talking an awful lot about Joe Biden this morning and that trip to... Um, Saudi Arabia to the Middle East, and I just got an email literally, well, it's been about 40 minutes now, from John Katsimatidis, who I, I think you guys know how much I love him. I, I really don't care uh, if you think I talk a lot about him, which I really don't. I, I really don't. But um, 
you know, clearly he's become a dear, dear friend, family, to be honest, to me and Danielle, him and his beautiful wife, Margot, and his children for that matter. And he does a great job running this station. And I'm enjoying the most success I've ever had in my career, uh, quite frankly, because of his leadership and also Chad Lopez. So if it sounds like I'm sucking up to John, I am. Bite it. So he sent me an email uh, about an hour ago. It reads, Biden's economic approval rating falls to new low on fear about inflation. This is CNBC. CNBC uh, does not like to say bad things about Democrats. But according to this article, his approval rating is now down another five points to basically like 30 percent. 30 percent. I mean, that is pathetic. Oh, my God. 30 percent. I mean, Donald Trump had some some bad approval ratings. He had some rough days in office, but nothing like this. But the fear again, I always bring this up when we talk about Biden approval ratings and Bernie plays his games, which are hilarious, by the way. We talk about Biden. I understand Biden's done. I get it. Democrats don't want him. Nobody wants Biden. But does that mean, does that mean that this country is ready to vote in a Republican president in 2024? Or are they just admitting our candidate sucks? Let's get a different one. There's a big difference between the two, right? Now, look, uh, the next candidate, if it's Pete Buttigieg, not good enough to win, you would think. Kamala Harris, not good enough to win, you would think. Gavin Newsom, the handsome governor of California, not good enough to win, you would think. And you would think that Donald Trump and or Ron DeSantis would have a great shot at all those folks. But who knows? I don't know. I mean, if you listen to this show, let's be fair about this. All right, I'm going to bring you back. If you listen to this show two months before the actual election back in November, especially Bernie, there was no way Trump was going to lose. No way. Trump would have these rallies in Arizona. 25,000 people showed up. Joe Biden had a rally. Nine people showed up. Nine. You can't lose. No way. Listen, I'm telling you. And he lost. Now, look, you want to claim the election was rigged? That's fine. There's certainly plenty of evidence to uh, absolutely uphold that thought. Plenty of it. Uh, Not just the states, but as Bernie talks about all the time, and he's right, the rigging went on before the election when stories about Hunter Biden were were exclusive to the New York Post and suppressed by the rest of the media. So you may think that he he did lose, but he didn't, okay? And if he got 80 million votes and 10 million were nonsense, 70 million people still voted for this clown, and he lost. So, you know, I, I, I get nervous when we start to make these declarations, when Bernie starts to make these declarations, because I'm always with Bernie because... He's really smart, you know, like he is. Like, I, I'm, I'm a clown. I'm a funny guy. I'm a great entertainer. I, I follow a little bit of everything. There's nothing I can't speak on, nothing, whether it's baseball, entertainment, politics. I know about everything. But Bernie, when it comes to this stuff, is, is great. I mean, I watch Fox News. I watch Newsmax. I don't see anybody, and I mean this. No reason for me to suck up to Bernard. Trust me, I've got a longer contract. I don't see anybody who's as smart as Bernie. And more prepared than Bernie. But I got to tell you, he's wrong. And he's been wrong a couple of times. There was no way Trump was going to lose. Sid, he had 22,000 people in Arizona last night. Biden's talking to 10 people. And I would say, but, but, but how do we know that translates to a win? You remember that, folks. And sure enough, he lost. So I'm still a little nervous. Even though Biden is done, we know he's done. Does that mean that we are guaranteed the Senate and the presidency in 22 and 24? And the answer is we're not. The House, yes, looks that way. But the Senate, I mean, I disagree with Rich Lowry. I do not think Herschel Walker is going to win. Uh, I just don't. Uh, Look, I'm a fan of Herschel Walker. I remember 
him running the football with Georgia very, very well. And I'll make the argument to this day, he was the most impactful and most dominant college football player I've ever seen. I saw I saw Grippen win two Heismans at Ohio State. I saw all those great quarterbacks that we've seen the last 30 years. I've seen them all. And I don't remember anybody being more dominant than Herschel Walker. Then he got drafted by my team, Donald Trump's New Jersey Generals. Played in my backfield with Maurice Carthon and Doug Flutie and Brian Seip. Then he had that career that... Really, he was a guy uh, that, that gave the Cowboys three Super Bowls because when Dallas dealt Herschel Walker, they got all those draft choices, and they drafted guys like Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, and they went on to win all those Super Bowls for Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer. He had a magnificent career, but he's not a very good talker. He just isn't. And uh, sometimes he has real difficulty, even though I trust his policies, he's on my side, delivering his message, and it doesn't sound good. So I'm not ultimately confident he's going to win. And that may, in fact, cost us the Senate. So there's a lot to uh, be happy about, and there's also a lot to be concerned about. And that's why the next couple of months you've got to be here at WABC. Folks, this is our Super Bowl. Nobody likes sports at this station more than me. I worked at WFAN for a long time and other sports stations around the country, and I still, still watch every event you could possibly imagine. I love sports, but this is our Super Bowl, and nobody, nobody in New York, quite frankly, around the country, covers this better than we do. Nobody. And you get the best of it right here with Bernie and Sid. We'll take a short break. Lots more to do Monday morning. Bernie and Sid. We'll be right back. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. song, The Cure, who I once saw perform live, Metro 700 at 007. I forget the name, Thursday night, Franklin Square, coked out of my head. I mean, I must have done, I did more coke that night than, than all of Scarface, the whole movie. But uh, it was a great time, and Justin, I wish you were there. Justin Ellick is back today from Nantucket. He's, uh, he's a wealthy guy. You know, he grew up in Chappaqua. He goes to Nantucket. You'd never know it by the way that he dresses. I've never seen somebody dress worse. But he's cute and he's funny and the show needs him. God, we need him. Although Phil did a tremendous job in his stead last week. But um, how was it? Who are you uh, talking about? Nantucket. How was it last oh, week? Oh, you're talking about me? Yeah, because you're, you're, you're an affluent guy. Chappaqua, Nantucket, but you look like a dirtbag. Yeah. No, you look like, I, like, I, like one of these like uh, Will Ferrell uh, characters a, in like a, a uh, car a, racing movie. Just, just say it, a slob. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, Bernie's back. Good. Okay. I'm sorry, Bernie. I don't know if I had you back or not. Not uh, at all. He, he looks not even like a slob. He's, uh, he's I look like, like a trucker at this point. You, like a, yeah, like a trucker maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to get really on theme with... A lot of our listeners we know are, are probably truckers. Are you, and uh, I understand. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? 
No, I don't. But listen, this slob does a great job, I got to tell you. He, he does, does do a great job. Right. He really does a terrific job. He so, does. Uh, who, cares? who cares how he looks? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, well, listen, I right? point these things out, though. Just, uh, but I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I love the kid as much as anybody. Trust me, we have between five and six every morning. It's a, it's a blast in this place. He's fantastic. And so is Phil, mind you. And Phil is not exactly a, uh, you know, the cover of GQ either. I mean, the two of these guys together are like, oh, my God. Well, I mean, uh, you're just upset because my tan now is probably, I mean, I- I'm like a shade darker than you. Not even close. You don't think so? No. Mm. No. You no, may be no. a shade darker that, than Bernie, but that's about it. That would be that would be Mookie Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> not not just that. That is a, that is hilarious, Bernard. He's right. Uh, Mookie yeah, Wilson. It happens to be true. Well, but, it's good uh, to have you back. I know you work very hard for Bernie every morning and me, and mm-hmm. and um, Phil did a great job. But you're fun and. And you're great on the air, and it's great to have you back. Well, we really know, did miss you. As much as we love Macedonia, Phil, he's just uh, no, yeah. I understand. I'm just right. not cut from the right. same cloth. Sure. Is what he, it is. You can take your job in 15 minutes, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah I know. That's <laughs> true. That's true. So, so, so slow down there, yeah, Tom. Yeah, calm down, the <laughs> Pump the brakes there. Well, hey, it's good uh, to be back. I missed you, boys. Well, we missed you as well, uh, Justin. And, uh, yeah, good to have you back. Now, you came back on a week where we're going to have a huge heat wave coming up after today. The rain and the dreariness of today, today is going to give way, Sydney, to a nasty heat wave. Yeah. We talked last week about uh, the smelly streets. You brought it up and uh, how it uh, smells essentially like uh, Rosie O'Donnell's ass in uh, August. And I talked about one specific street only because I lived uh, for the last four years on the Upper West Side, and without fail, whether it was a cold winter day, even worse, on a hot, hot summer day, the corner of 96th Street and Broadway smells exactly like you just talked about. It is really uh, disgusting. It's vile. It is. It is. And then you, you, you have these hubs along Broadway, that are really gross, like your 96th and Broadway, 72nd and Broadway, 34th Street, where we used to work, down by Penn Plaza, 34th and Broadway on the uh, east side, the southeast side. Oh, my God, it's disgusting you walk by. It smells like uh, corpses. It smells like rotting corpses. It's just really, really that bad. And, of course, you throw in the rats and the roaches. I mean, just it makes you sick to your stomach when you think about it. Other neighborhoods, not so bad, necessarily. The Upper East Side, the East Side, not, you know, for example, uh, where, where WABC is located. Uh, pretty clean for the most part. Uh, it doesn't stink. But either way, so with the heat wave, the point is it's going to exacerbate uh, the stench of these places is what's going to happen this week. So if you can stand it, define. If not, get the hell out of the city. Uh, Eric Adams was asked about these smelly locations. Because it was a news item last week, which is why we, I guess we were discussing it. Uh, anyway, Eric Adams, he doesn't smell uh, corpses or, you know, rotting eggs or anything like right, that. Right, that's your perception. Remember when he said uh, crime in the subway is just your perception? I get, yeah, you're right, right, exactly. Same thing. Yeah, Stinky so. New York is just your perception. That's your that's that's perception. That, and, and this, according to Eric Mayor Adams, is what he Cut 21, please, Lou. Cut, yeah, it is Both 21. see our investment in, in uh, sanitation. The city has to be clean. And I'm seeing the city getting cleaner and cleaner. The number one thing I smell right now is pot. It's like everybody is smoking a joint now. You know? Maybe I have a New York nose that, you know, I'm not smelling uh, filth. You know, uh, he's not smelling filth. Well, you're not out there. You're in limousines. You're going from the club to uh, the, the aforementioned Upper East Side restaurants. So uh, get out in the streets and, uh, and uh, you know, f- experience what people are experiencing because there are places where it is nasty, very, very nasty, as Sid pointed out. And, and then, of course, you have all these shark sightings. Not sightings. Actually, people getting bit. 
and it turns out uh, it in one two particular places happens to coincide with. Well, I'll tell you after I play this. Uh, Lucy Yang. Well, this is cut twenty-two. Lucy Yang is a reporter for Channel Seven. Uh, this is what she said last night on the ABC local newscast. Lucy Yang on sharks on Long Island. Please play twenty-two. Patrols were a common sight at local beaches as red flags were raised and swimmers called out of the water for several hours Sunday afternoon. This after sharks were spotted at Rockaway Beach and Lido Beach. Despite a rash of recent attacks where jaws have left their bite marks, the town of Hempstead is now assuring beach lovers they are watching the waves closely. According to officials, there have been more anyway, shark that's good. sightings. So, uh, that's great. So she mentioned Rockaway and Lido Beach, which happened to be where Sydney and myself reside, ex- re- uh, respectively. And uh, but the good news is that the reason for the sharks is that they're bait fish are coming in because the water is clean. The water is clean. That's good news. That's very good news. Now the fact that you might get uh, eaten alive, well, that's a little bit of a price we have to pay for clean water. But you, you would notice that uh, there have been no shark sightings. At the Jersey Shore, even sharks don't want to go near the, uh, you know, the hypodermic needles and the uh, soda cans and uh, diapers washing up on the. Uh... Now there are a lot of nice places at the Jer- Jersey Shore, like, uh, you know, a, a Long Beach Island, I guess is is, is there, Mantelokan, but there are other places not so nice, and uh, so the sharks are onto that, and uh, we're just uh, we're, we're proud that they're invading Long Island because, as I said. It is a very, very good sign. Now, something that's not a good sign is we have the imbecile in chief, Joe Biden, in the White House. Of course, still, he's back from Saudi Arabia. He's got a thin skin. He embarrassed everybody. I mean, he wasn't off the plane uh, 10 minutes when he was talking about the pride and honor of the Holocaust. He's on a tarmac in Tel Aviv, Israel, the pride and honor of the Holocaust. Then there's a big, long red carpet, and he's like, uh, well, uh, where do I go? Well, that's what the red carpet is there for. Walk down the red carpet. So it was incidents like that. The fist bump got a lot of play. Who cares? He fist bumped with uh, Khashoggi. Khashoggi was a, a 9-11 apologist, a friend of bin Laden. Nobody points that out. Uh, nobody cares. But somebody did ask uh, Biden about the fist bump. And listen to how nasty this old creep is. Cut number two, please. Two. A lot of fire for your fist bump with the crown prince. <laughs> I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to that. But also, how can you be sure that another incident, another murder like Jamal Khashoggi's won't happen again? God love you. What a silly question. How could I possibly be sure of any of that? I just made it clear. If anything occurs like that again, they'll get that response and much more. God love you, says uh Says to Joe Biden, the old imbecile in chief, uh, what a silly question. I mean, how condescending was that? I mean, it's a legitimate question. He went over there saying that he wasn't going to shake hands with anybody. He broke that uh, little rule. Oh, be, by the way, because of COVID, how many times had they used COVID to lie? They lied about COVID uh, just to cover up uh, this, uh, this, this, he, this desire not to be photographed, handshaking uh, the crown prince, the Khashoggi killer. They lied about COVID. I mean, that's consistent with the, all their lies over the years. But this one, very conspicuous. Remember that, folks. Next time they try to tell you something about COVID, they lie to achieve certain ends. Uh, and uh, to that end, I will uh, – oh, by the way, before that, uh, Bill O'Reilly on killing Khashoggi. Bill O'Reilly in 2017 sat down uh, with uh, 
excuse me, not Bill O'Reilly, Donald Trump sat down with Bill O'Reilly, and they talked, this was at the Super Bowl in 2017, they talked about this Khashoggi killing, and Trump was forthright because he eventually went on to, uh, to uh, you know, to, to, to develop these Abraham Accords, which consisted of Saudi Arabia and other Gulf states allying with Israel against Iran. We needed Saudi Arabia. Anyway, Trump with O'Reilly in 2017 on the Khashoggi killing. Please play cut seven, please, Lou. We get a lot of killers. Well, you think our country's so innocent? You think our country's so innocent? I don't know of any government leaders that are killers in America. Well, take a look at what we've done, too. We've made a lot of mistakes. Bingo. And we have. And so all, all countries do. Our CIA is at work uh, doing things that we can never talk about. But we've tried to assassinate. Uh, we have assassinated foreign leaders. Are you kidding me? Uh, we, we've done all kinds of things. And then, again, he went on to work with uh, these Saudis uh, magnificently for, to develop these Abraham Accords, which have been wildly successful to the point where now Joe Biden is embracing the Abraham Accords. And uh, one last thing, you, you, you know, that we talk about the uh, new world order, the new liberal world order. You heard this uh, Biden advisor talk about it. It's a real thing. It's a, an insidious, woke movement, and uh, it's not working. They try to impose these green policies on third-world countries, and they want to do it on first-world countries as well, including the Netherlands, the United States. The Netherlands is experiencing big trouble because of it. But countries like Ghana, Sri Lanka, Panama, even Germany has gone back to, they tried it in Germany. Germany's gone back to coal, developing coal, because their green New Deal did not work out. There was no wind, and there was no, not enough wind, not enough sun. And they had blackouts, and it was, it was just horrible last summer in Germany. But the, one of the leaders in this new world order is uh, the leader of the World Economic Forum at Davos. And you got to remember this name. His name is Klaus Schwab. And he's on par with, uh, you know, George Soros, Bill Gates, all these billionaires who are trying to impose a new world order. Now, you listen to Klaus Schwab. He has a German accent. He, he sounds just like a Bond villain, this guy. But he's part of this, uh, building this new world order. And it's a real thing, folks. We're under attack from without and from within. Listen to Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum leader. Listen to what he says here. Cut 14. Go ahead, please, Lou. History is truly at a turning point. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems, and supply chains will be deeply affected. Uh, the, the supply chains will be deep. They already have been. This is the uh, uh, one of the leaders of the Great Reset that they're talking about, that they tried to implement during COVID. Never let a, a, a crisis, an emergency go to waste. Uh, that's what they did. They tried it. But does he not sound like just the nastiest, you know, scariest individual with his German accent? I mean, he does to me. And, uh, again, uh, Bill Gates and the rest of these guys, Soros, they're all allied with this guy for this new, this great reset that they want to impose on the world. It's not working out so well. They've been exposed, and uh, November 2022 is right around the corner. It cannot come soon enough. Do we have time for one more, Louie? Do we have time for one more? Uh, okay, Let's let's go with Gavin Newsom. The, the, there's been no ex, good explanation why Gavin Newsom was at the White House the day after Joe Biden left for Israel. 
the day after he saunters into the back, uh, the back of the White House with his jacket off. He's walking like he's the cock of the walk in his white shirt, rolled up sleeves. And nobody's explained why he was there. Nobody. But he was talking over the weekend. He's obviously, he wants to run for president. Maybe he was meeting with uh, Susan Rice and the rest of them in the White House uh, to, you know, to, to discuss strategy. I don't know. Anyway, here he is over the weekend. Cut 13, Gavin Newsom. Right now, we're up against the ruthlessness of a Republican Party. And I say that not naively. That's not a cheap shot. You see what's happening to all the progress we've made in the 21st century. All of the rights that have been afforded since the 60s are being rolled back in real time. This is a totally different moment. And we have to wake up with a different mindset and not just the old mindset in terms of just a collaborative mindset, a cup of tea, and everyone's going to work together to get along. And that's where the party needs to come in. Democrats need the Democratic Party, not the president, not a speaker, not a elected office holder, the party, the infrastructure, I think has to organize with more ferocity of focus, more determination to set the agenda, set the course, and put the other party on the defense. They are dominating the narrative. And in this world right now, you dominate the narrative, you win. And that's what I'm worried about, and that's what I'm expressing. Tell me he's not the candidate for 2024. Yeah, yeah. we're dominating the narrative now because your narrative sucks. Yep. Your narrative is, is, is that of Klaus Schwab's. You guys are useful Quick idiots. Swap. Oh, you Klaus guys, Schwab. yeah, you guys. That's funny. That's funny. You guys are useful idiots for the Klaus Schwabs and the George Soroses of the world. You're the guy who uh, was once mayor of San Francisco, presided over the downfall of a once great city, and uh, now he's governor of the state, presiding over the downfall of a once great state. So all these people, Joe Biden, uh, Gavin Newsom, all these liberals uh, who are pushing this woke agenda. Useful idiots for evil people like Klaus Schwab, grandfather of uh, Craig Schwab, uh, here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we need a caller, a contender for Beat Bernie. The number is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222, if you want to play Beat Bernie. And uh, that's coming up as well, folks. It's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. By the way, that's got to be the worst haircut I've ever seen. This Cameron Smith, the guy that just won the 150th British Open. I mean, and uh, of course, uh, for the big golf fans out there like me, Tiger Woods did not even make the cut. He shot that 78 on Thursday. I don't know what he shot on Friday. I think it was a little better. But he did not make the cut, and uh, I think he's running out of time here, Tiger. Anyway, let's play Pete Bernie. Jeff is in East Meadow this morning, and he's an airplane pilot. How cool is that? What's going on, Jeffrey? Hi, how are you? Good. Are you allowed to tell us uh, what airline you work for? Uh, it's all private, Part 91, Part 135. But I heard John Katsimatidis is also a pilot, and... Uh, so I'll say hi to him as well, or at least maybe he used to fly, but I'm yep. also in real estate like him because we have all the time in the world. Look at you two guys. You're like uh, twin brothers, you two, pilots and real estate guys and all that good stuff. Okay. Well, uh, if you're anything like John Katsimatidis, then you must be a great guy, and good luck in today's game, okay? Thank you. Here's number one. Um, he's got more personality than you do, by the way. I'm just trying to tell you this. Don't take that the wrong way. But in 1973... Who became the second man in United States history to resign as vice president of the United States? Zero Act. Yes. 
Excellent guess, Jeff. Really good job. What is the name of the former prime minister of Japan who was assassinated last week? You give me one of his names. It's fine. Shinzo Abe. Yes. Very good. In May of 1945, Winston Churchill sent a telegram to Harry Truman conveying that what metaphorical boundary is, quote, drawn upon their front. We do not know what is going on behind. <laughs> the Iron Curtain? Yes. Wow. Next, Excellent job, Jeff. Really impressive. Number four, what U.S. state is nicknamed the Silver State? Maryland? No. Good try, though. You're thinking of Silver Springs, maybe. That would be uh, Nevada. And finally, what was the name of pop star Michael Jackson's pet chimpanzee? Uh, The most common, Oko? No. Uh, The name of the uh, chimpanzee was Bubbles. Anyway, three right. A pretty good job there by Jeff. Did very, very well. Got the first three, which I thought were the tougher ones. Ends up going three out of five. Is Bernie back? Here he is. Hey, champ. What's up, brother? What's up, Sydney? You're living large. All right. You know, the beginning of the show, because of the amplification of the headphones, I actually heard you pretty good. But uh, believe it or not, as the show has gone on, even that has eroded. And at this point, I could barely hear anything. So thank God there's only 12 minutes left. I said live in large. No, I heard you. <laughs> oh. No, I still hear you fine, but it's it's getting lower and lower. So, Well, that sucks. I know. It's brutal, bro. But I, I've heard you, thank God, all morning. All right, here we go, Bernie. Number one, in 1973, who became the second man in United States history to resign as vice president of the United States? Oh. Oh. Oh, that would be Spiro Agnew. Yes. Very good, Bernard. Uh, by the way, you need four uh, right to win today. Four. Jeff got the first three and stumbled on the last two. What okay. is the name of the former prime minister of Japan who was assassinated last week? Ah, uh, terrible story. Terrible. Yeah. Nice guy. Shinzo Abe. Yes. Number three, Bernard, in May of 1945, Winston Churchill sent a telegram to Harry Truman conveying that what metaphorical boundary is, quote, drawn upon their front... We do not know what's going on behind. Uh, that would be no doubt he coined the uh, phrase Iron Curtain. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, the contestant also, Jeff, got the first three right just like you did. Here's where he had a tough time the last two. Let's see if you fare any better. Number four, what U.S. state is nicknamed the Silver State? The Silver State would be, uh, well, of course, everybody knows. Uh, the Silver State would be uh, Nevada. I did not know that, but you did. Congratulations. You just won today's game. I did not know hey, listen, that. Listen, educated guess. I didn't know it either, honestly. Uh, that's like now a, I, a one in was 50. It? That's a great job, bro. Educated great job. Guess. And here's a chance to go perfect, which you probably will. What was the name of pop star Michael Jackson's pet chimpanzee? Oh, that was, uh, it's all about the kids, Bubbles. It's all about the kids, the children, the milk and cookies, cookies and milk. <laughs> Bubbles is right. Another perfect day for Bernie. Jeff, who happens to be a pilot, by the way, out of East Meadow, played very, very well. But there's a reason why the name of the game is Beat Bernie, and Bernie is the champ. Bernie wins by a final score of 5-3. to three. Bernie, say hello to Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Very good. Love talking to you. 
I almost took it personally before where your counterpart said I had no personality, but all I do is talk to people. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm kidding. And turn around and go, okay, this is what I got to do. So in some reality, I'm actually on radio far more than both of you put together. Uh, yeah, true, true, true. But I, I would admit. Well, I would how, no, hold on a second. Wait, how I is that? We, we reach more people. How are you on radio more than we are put together? I'm just curious. Got to talk to Towers, air traffic, Traycon, argue your way back in and out of New York airspace all day, make it sound like it's fun, be their friends, send them pizzas, try to get those landing rights at LaGuardia when you need to. All right. So you're on a radio, uh, just similar to, uh, say, a cab driver, uh, you know, a dispatcher to a cab driver, something like that. But let me ask you this. Uh, the name is Phil, right? Jeff. Jeff, excuse me, close. Jeff. Jeff, Very Jeff from... Jeff from East Meadow, my hood out here. Jeff, what's at the heart of the uh, trouble in the airline industry, all these delays? What is the, if you could give one explanation, uh, one reason for it, what is it? I do private, effectively. And when it comes to what most people know, commercial, JetBlue, Delta, whatever it may be, even if I were to start tomorrow, my starting salary would be somewhere in the realm of $45,000 a year. They will never get pilots like me. They will never pay pilots like me. I'm far better off just flying privately, weekends, and on the off time, I do real estate. Interesting. So, really. the, so, so it's not attractive uh, for people to get into that business because they make essentially, and sadly, what a, uh, a police officer makes in his first year, which is squat. That's right. It's disgusting. Wow. We do the same work. I have the same licensing. I have the same safety, uh, level of safety that anybody else does. But there is a scheme in major airlines of what most people know, uh, that when you start on day one, you're basically at the bottom of the barrel, but you're doing the exact same thing as a captain. Um, And it's ridiculous, but that's the exact reasoning as to why major airlines are so short, because... There's plenty of pilots like me out there. We do what's called Part 91, Part 135 flying on demand and whatnot, and I can be home in a couple of days or if not the same day and make more money. So why would I ever yeah. go to a JetBlue or a Delta? There's no reasoning for it. No reason whatsoever. Okay, listen, Jeff, uh, that, was, that was terrific and, and uh, uh, very interesting to me anyway, your explanation. I never heard that before, but uh, that's some insight there from our Beat Bernie contestant uh, who didn't beat Bernie anyway. Jeff, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing, and we'll do it again sometime, all right? Be safe. Thank you both. Love the show. Thank you, Jeff, on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're going to close out the aforementioned show right after these short messages. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yep, Karen Carpenter again. Rainy days and Mondays. They got a lot of people down, not us. We had a great show today, man. It we was did, great. Despite an inauspicious beginning. Yes. And, you know, I use that word to, uh, to give them a word of the day. 
That is your word of the day. An inauspicious beginning with Sid's condition, with his hearing. Uh, yeah, his hearing is awful. Uh, well, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I debated, when I couldn't hear my buzzer shaving my head this morning, I debated whether or not to come in. I said, wait a second. My guy goes through cancer treatment and all these things, and he shows up. Uh, I'm going to give it a shot. Let me just show up. And maybe, maybe I was thinking the, the headset would amplify the hearing, and I'd be fine. And that turned out to be the case. I mean, when I tell you, Bernard, I can't hear a word. I'm not exaggerating. A wow. word. Once I take these headsets off, I mean it. But with these things on, although it's very, very faint and it's turned all the way to the top, I can still hear you. As, as evidenced by today, I didn't talk over you. I didn't. It was. Nope. You'd never know anything was different. Never no, know. you never would. You killed it today, bro. As usual, oh, you, too, you, 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 you really did. So thank you, for, A, for coming in. And B, uh, you know, I, I sympathize with you. you you got to be scared out of your mind. You're, you're completely and totally deaf yeah. uh, this morning. Hopefully uh, it's a temporary condition. Just, you know, today something yeah, happened. It, it'll be fine. Maybe it, it's wax buildup or something? It could be wax buildup. Or, again, these things, they recommend you show up every four to six weeks because after about two months they literally die. But they, they replace them, and they get new ones in there, and you go from hearing nothing. Like when I walk out of that office this morning at 1045 this morning, I'm going to hear a train station 10 miles away. It's that intense. Yeah. But, but if you let them stick, stick in your ears for too long and don't get them fixed, and that's why I made the call yesterday. I figured out, hey, it's been about two months, and I heard fine yesterday. And I said to Shelly, I said, I'll see you Wednesday. And uh, <laughs> as luck would have it, I wake up this morning, and both ears are dead. And I had a panic attack and freaked out. But uh, ended up coming in, and what a great show. Michael Henry, great. Rich Lowry, great. Adam Carolla, terrific. And best yeah. of all, you, Bernard McGurk. And, uh, and thank you, Sid. And you cemented uh, an appearance on the Corolla show right. <laughs> by uh, g- giving him an excellent interview. So uh, great job, Sid, under adverse conditions. Uh, all the love and to stay strong and feel better. Thank you, buddy. We'll do it again tomorrow. Great to have Justin Ellick back. He really is uh, terrific. Phil, great job as always today. Lou Rufino is by far, by far the best in the business. Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine, great job. Good to see Emily on this Monday morning and Jacqueline Carl as well. We are going to wrap it up right here and all come back again at 6 a.m. on a Tuesday morning tomorrow. Until then, from all of us on the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show, to all of you, peace. Peace. What I've